This Week in League. What's love got to do with it? Absolutely nothing if you recruit wife bashers into your team. What could be worse than watching Manly in the 2013 Grand Final? Listening to Ricky Martin at halftime. Jamie Sauer gives Panthers fans a sneak peek at Gus's five-year plan. Spoiler, it's five spoons on the trot. And we'll preview all of the action for round 21 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 131 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, feedback time this week in the mailbag, and it's a huge one. We had a lot of a lot of uh, tweets, uh, Facebook and email this week, and it's all uh, pretty sensational. First one, it's a request from a listener. Your favourite listener, in fact, at the moment, I dare say, CAPhoto10 on Twitter. He said, uh, he tweeted us just today, can Glenn not mention my cock? Ass, his cock, his ass, and photoing all the above in this episode. Thanks in advance. I replied and said, "That's a red rag, the bull right there." Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a way I can get his cock and my cock and his ass and my ass. And I thought you were going to say, "Try to figure a way to get his cock and my ass." <laughs> <laughs> Please, he wishes. Real talk. <laughs> it's real talk. Um. Yeah, I don't know that I can guarantee that because he's got some fairly gronkish tweets coming up. I'm pretty sure. So. Oh, he's got some. Yeah, he's, he's excellent work as usual. Yeah, it's coming up. Oh, what? Oh, why don't you just take his cock and fondle his ass? Why don't you do that? This there is not. A, this is between you two. No, what are you bringing me into this? And I'll take photos with his camera. <laughs> while some while some nude. Okay, Wait, what is it? What? Time, hang time on, stamp. That. I went to a dark place. <laughs> Under two minutes, I think, and you, and you basically just uh, rejected his request yeah. at Paraman Mark 2. It's been very quiet. This is a guy, multiple, I think, I believe multiple Gronk of the Year winner. winner. Mm. And he's uh, come out and said, uh, last week, he's uh, he's got back into it and said, great episode of This Week in League this week. Had it all. Repetitive listener abuse, ad nauseum cock references, and a little 40 talk. Great stuff, boys. Yeah, well, we can fucking retire now. We've got Kyle's seal of approval. Thanks and very one, much. And once again, you come in to slam him when the next tweet, also from Kyle, is directly complimentary to you. This happens every week, usually once or twice. And he said, and the losses a team has to have on the way to an undefeated premiership glory line had me doubled over in fits, hash quote of the year. Well, of course it is. It's we had a couple of people accurate. actually people say, it. you know, that, that needs... I think that, that probably has to be like, you know, on a, on a ribbon or a banner or something on this undefeated... I think it has to be a part of the undefeated shirt design. I think it's just sensational. It was some of my best work, um, as accurate, and it was as accurate as it was hilarious. Um, yeah, look, Kyle went off the radar, hasn't listened in a while, you know? Guy used to hit us up every week, and then he went off the radar, got all important, and well, he went, he, went off, he went off rugby league. I mean, as his name dictates, Paraman, it's been a dreadful season for Parramatta fans. He's not the first one to jump off rugby league entirely, a result of the team's performances. And just general, you know, disorganisation, you know, throughout the whole uh, club. Yeah, but a man that wakes up every day and looks in the mirror and sees that's probably entitled to give up on life, let alone football. Whew. And that's after he's just given you quite of the year. Mm. Ungrateful. Okay. Beerboy182 sent us a tweet and said, I think this is the origin of Hash Real Talk. Joe Rogan played it a few years ago on his <laughs> podcast, Funniest Song, and a YouTube link attached. Now, um, we'll, put the, I'll put the, the, uh, we'll put a little snippet now. So listen to this. I've been with you five years and you 
no motherfucking girlfriends. I don't know why you fuck with them old jealous, no man having assholes anyway. Real talk, always accusing me of some old bullshit when I'm just trying to have a good time. And now at the end of the show, we'll put the song the song in, in air quotes into its entirety. It's a funny sort of a song. Um, it's, it's fairly profane. R. Kelly having a, a one side, you know, hearing one side of a telephone argument between R. Kelly and his girlfriend. Um, sensational and uh, yeah, you're probably going to hear bits of that song come out of our mouths for the rest of this run of this entire show. Real talk. Uh, then we've got one from at in underscore the underscore surf. There's someone who we share a bit of history with because it was his tweet to us about Anthony Watts that got us the thread of being sued. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he said, awesome episode as always, guys. As much as I love the manly bias and hashtags in decline, nothing makes me laugh as much as when you guys give it to that asshole wife basher, Robert Louis. Keep up the great work. Well, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and he's cl- and in the surfer, Brett uh, is his name. He's, he's obviously very consistent with his, his uh, hating on people who beat women because, I mean, you know, it was the same with uh, Anthony Watts back in the day. Exactly. At evil. I mean, it's con- not hard to make no, people to well, be. No, women. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the default position that everyone with a fucking brain, you know, slash conscience should should you know land at. Unless you're in a uh, senior management position at the North Queensland Cowboys. Exactly. At evil conspiracy. Said just to rub further salt in the wounds for Glenn, for feeder for the revelation. He's a big chance. He's a little bit of a chance. He's, yeah. He is a big chance. I don't know if he'd so, make like you know like you know like the final five. Well, so I mean, bit. you'd have to look at people like uh, Tedesco, Nofaluma, Simona. Uh, I, I'd concede that maybe C.U. Manapanai, Sawaso, Sue, people like that. I, I dare say maybe one of those would be shortlisted. Two, Nofa and Simona. Nofa, 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 and no one probably. Simona, what about Simona's tries? Please, Simona. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> Shit talk. <laughs> um, Adam, nineteen seventy-five. We'll probably have to think about you know some shortlisting and you know getting you know, yes, at least we'll- between ourselves. Anyway, like think about who we might actually yeah. be putting up there because I don't know if there's. I think been- it's pretty obvious, Nathan. That we'll come up with a short list approximately a week before we do the episode for the Twillies. And there are people in there that don't deserve it. People who deserve it him just right. <laughs> as always happens. Yeah, because uh, we're so organised and shit. At Adam1975. So I listened to my first episode of This Week in League today. That, well, he used your Twitter handle, Sports Fans Life, but, you know, Glenn really is a foul-mouthed cunt. <laughs> it's taken him this long to work it out. I've been tweeting that guy ever since I was on Twitter. He was one of my earliest people to interact with. So that's like going back to like 2009, yeah. 2008. Yeah. Um, he used to rock a pretty impressive beard. Yeah. And then he got all classy. Um Hell of a nice guy, but um, now I can go and get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Um, and now it's time for what has become a regular segment on the show now within the segment of feedback, Catwatch. And uh, we're up to episode five of Catwatch. Wiggins. <laughs> Possibly 70- the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Wiggins, 70 nil over London. Live on free-to-air on BBC across the UK. Rugby league expansion died today. Very, very awful. And then he went on to say, stick your damn wang man where the sun don't shine. He was awful, useless, worthless, just a completely horrible rugby league player. Yes. And then followed it up to say, remember, the BBC only shows seven live rugby league games a year, i.e. only the Challenge Cup, so this was a terrible result for the game in the UK. Not to mention the BBC still showing reruns of Faulty Towers 
It's, it's a good indication of where they, the esteem with which rugby league is held. So there you go, and um, you know we'll talk a little bit about Jamie Sowell later because there was some funny shit came out in the articles through the week. Um, a tweet that I had to had to uh, bring attention to is uh, from at East fans, East fans, sorry, and you know we know you know Rick, you know he's he's a, he's a, uh, a bit of a clown on Twitter. He's cocky. I love his work. Basically. He's relentless. He's relentless in his targeting of Souths and their supporters in particular. Mm. That's his. That's his main. His and main myself target. as well. And, and you, to that, I say, fuck you, Rick. He copped a little bit, but this time he sent a tweet to Robbie Farah and said, uh, "LOL, you play for the Tig Pies, Bobby. Have you ordered your hashtags and decline T-shirt from at TWI League yet?" <laughs> and uh, about twenty-seven minutes after that tweet went through, I got the PayPal notification. That uh, one R Farah bought a Tigers and Klein shirt. Size M. He likes to wear it fucking stretchy. You made that up. Which part? The fact that Robbie Farah bought a shirt. Yeah, he's really an XL. <laughs> Fat can't eat too many of his schnitzels. <laughs> At Benny27. He said, uh, and this one, this is, uh, this is the discussion that I was having briefly. He mentioned something about Sandra Bullock being a sort. Yeah, and I saw so a little he, bit of a poll, an impromptu poll. So he on. said, I want I want a This Week in League poll from Twill Nation to discuss the Sandra Bullock issue, sort or not. He said sort, um, at Hammers said sort, and they're pretty much the only two that responded. <laughs> I wouldn't kick her out of bed to get to you, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's just asking for, that's asking for, mm. you know, total destruction. Sonny B. Williams, on the other hand. Exactly. Fuck you, Sandra. <laughs> I, I think, I think she's fucking, she's, she's movie quality poison. I think she's very ordinary looking. I think there's a there's 150 minimum women in 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 the, in Hollywood that are better looking than she is. And I dare say she's probably she's she's close to the bottom of the list for me. Jesus. That's a fairly sad indictment. It comes it comes it comes down to I know I can pinpoint exactly the the exact minute when I decided that I loathed her. Oh, here we go. It was when, um, at the end of my time... No, no, I, it was as when she was starring in a movie I'd never seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, uh, I'd just finished my um, couple of years when I was living in Japan. I was coming home, so I'd flown from Tokyo, and I was flying Cathay Pacific, and um, this Dressed was back... in your geisha outfit. This was, the back of, this was back in the day when I think you could still smoke on planes. And so I was flying Cathay Pacific, and I was going Hong Kong and then Brisbane, and fucking plane was packed with Chinese people just smoking and... You know, the guy three rows in front of me knew the guy four rows behind me. So standing up and yelling, talking to these, you know, it was a fucking flight from hell. And then I was already had the shits, got swapped planes at Hong Kong, coming back home and the movie The Net was on, the flight, starring starring one S. Bullock. What a shithouse piece of shit movie that was. And from that day, I was, just, I was already feeling pretty fucking low. And uh, Never seen that movie in my life. Don't. This is one time I'm going to let you slide on a fucking movie, man. Dodge the bullet don't there. Don't ever watch it. Don't ever watch it. But yeah, Sandra Bullock, not a big not for me. Relevant to rugby league. And what you you were kind of just like lukewarm. You're like, yeah, you're all right, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just going to sit on the fence. Well, quite frankly. All right. Good. Facebook. Benjamin Mead said, "Listening to Glenn's recall of his proposal was three minutes of my life I'll never get back." <laughs> the look of stunned fucking like you're literally stunned I've never seen that look on your Fuck face during the show <laughs> was it three minutes it wouldn't have been three minutes it was only a minute I mean I just remember it was like you know, it, was, it was Wollongong 
you know, blah, blah, people having sex in the park or yeah. something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know if it's three minutes, but yeah. There you go. That's pretty fucking harsh. The uh, the exotic. Who was that again? This was uh, Benjamin Mead. Right. The exotic Dennis Valente. With both <laughs> barrels on that count. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Valente says, conspiracy alert. I just realized I liked your Facebook page when you started the clock. And ever since your Facebook likes have exploded, I reckon there's a subliminal message in that clock. Kids around the world are listening to your podcast and having seizures while their parents madly click like on this page. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got some good emails this week. Got this one from... Um, I don't know if you want to reveal his last name given, given the contents of the email. But his name's Scott. Hey boys, love the show, and after hearing the wake hole story a few episodes back, I thought I'd let you know what happened to me on the weekend. I went to this guy's place to test drive a second-hand car, and after talking for it to him for a bit, he mentioned that he used to play for the Bulldogs. A few pokes and prods later, and he spilled his guts on everything from the old days. Apparently, this guy I was talking to, Brett, didn't get his last name, was actually signed to the club on the very same day as Terry Lamb. He only played a season in under-21s and reserve grade in 1979 before being involved in a career-ending accident, but what a time for a young bloke to be coming through the ranks. With the likes of Mortimer and the Hughes brothers, George Paponis and Steve Folks hanging around the sheds, I heard a few tall tales from back in the day. He then went into specifics of one very interesting story about a former Bulldogs player I'll just refer to as Jeff. Actually, Mr. Robinson will do. <laughs> one, one night after training, the boys were all together at a teammate's house when Jeff turned to Brett and said to him, I bet you a week's wages that I can get six women here tonight to suck six cocks. Well, there's no way Brett thought that could happen, so the bet was on. Sure enough, one after another, there was a knock on the door with a woman on the other side saying, I'm here to suck a footballer's dick. Brett was absolutely gobsmacked at that, and being 17 at the time, Jeff even had the nerve to tell him he was too young to join in with the other boys. <laughs> Poor bastard was out $50 and had to sit there knowing what was going on in the other rooms. I don't get onto social media much, but I listen to every app and thoroughly enjoy it. Keep up the great work and hashtag is in decline. Oh, I had to finish with you. You're going so well. <laughs> On Twitter, he is at Rooster Supporters. It's a R-O-O-S-T-A supporter. He said, uh, damn character limitation, not a gangster, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so I like Scott. He, 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 he tells a great story and it's uh, very good. Real talk. That was definitely real talk. As real as it gets. Okay, um, now we had um, Ugly Kid Dave on Twitter a couple of weeks ago mentioning the, the situation where he had an altercation with uh, you know, Benji's six and friends onto him. Yes. Um, he sent us via Facebook. We asked for the full story. He sent it to us. And we just forgot to put it on the show last week or the week before, whenever it was due to be on. Um, now, um, your mate CA Photo, he came, he actually reminded me uh, today or yesterday and said, look, you know, whatever happened with that story. Do you so, know what the CA stands for? What's his name? Cox and Ass. I thought it was Chris Allen personally, but you know. Cock and ass photos. Okay. That's what he does. He's his specialty. <laughs> <laughs> so much the same as you, except he uses an SLR instead of an iPhone. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, gents. This is Ugly Kid Dave from Twitter. As requested on the podcast, here is the story of what happened to us round one at Newcastle. My mate Tim has season tickets at Hunter Stadium, so I went along with him to watch Knights versus Tigers. And full time, after the Knights won 42-10, the Tigers players were standing around about 10 metres inside the fence waiting while the Alan McMahon trophy was being awarded. My mate yelled out at Benji, you can't lay the blame on Sheensy. Who are you going to blame now? Benji called him a fuckwit. My mate told him to look at the scoreboard and life went on. Then, while we were waiting for the Knights to leave the field, we watched Benji sign a couple of autographs, then a couple of guys went over to him, they pointed back at where we were standing and had a chat with Benji, and I said to my mate, that looked a bit interesting, didn't think anything more of it, head for the gates. 
two steps into the car park and two blokes come up behind us and ask us, among other things, what did you say to our brother? You should watch what you say. You never know who's around you. Repeat what you said. All punctuated by repeated attempts to get one of us to throw the first punch by pushing or chesting up to us. This went on for a solid five minutes where we told them we weren't talking to them, so maybe Benji could come out and see us instead. They chose instead to stalk us out towards the roadside, and when we wouldn't punch on, they disappeared into the night. So yeah, we've decided this is the beginning of the end. The moment a footballer earns 700 grand a year couldn't handle being told to look at the scoreboard by a 40-plus-year-old Novocastrian and his red-headed mate, thin-skinned Sook. was a hilarious experience, really. I often wonder how many others he sent his brothers to the car park to attack. So there you go. It's quite interesting. It is. I mean... Very interesting. I mean, if you didn't... You know, I don't condone Benji's actions, but it was a pretty... You know, I, I would say it was a pretty hateful attack on Benji Marshall. It's probably <laughs> factual attack. I, on I'd Benji say Marshall. it was, uh, you know, motivated by uh, racial, racial hatred. Um, oh Jesus Christ! And you know, quite frankly, um, you know, this is this is the sort of thing Benji's entitled to defend himself. This is a man that's full of hate, and uh, and yeah, he's a Novocastrian. I mean, clearly. Not a lot going for him. And, uh, well, seriously, though, the fuck? How did, logistically, mm-hmm. in the crowd, Hunter Stadium, round one, big packed house, mm-hmm. how the fuck did Benji pick two drunks out of a crowd and send his mates who, what, were they sitting next to them? This is like after the game when you know, people leave. Because you know, let's face it, they would have left the game you know, probably about 20 minutes to go because it was a very easy win for the Knights over the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I just find it interesting that Benji would go to that sort of trouble, to be honest. Just... Look, every, and, but now like, we sit you know, 20 weeks later looking back in hindsight what Benji's like now and what he's doing and what's happened. And it makes a lot. It, I mean, it does. It certainly fits. And it just comes down to the fact that I just don't think that um, Benji just can't. He, he just can't stand the real talk. Um, don't have much news for the, um, the 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 short ones this week, um, so it's going to be a bit of a small clock. So here we go. It's the Glenn Blakely <laughs> Memorial timepiece. The Waddy Waddy Home Tiny teeny tiny clock. Grand final main event. Ricky Martin. Thoughts? Fucking what? They never quite seem to get it right. How hard is it? Never, ever get it right. I mean, sure they could get like. Something that would generate a bit of publicity, like Silverchair to come back and play the grand final. Yeah, but you have many people know. bitching about that too, you know. You reckon? Yeah. Who else? Quite frankly, I think unless it was a, re- a resurrection of fucking cold chisel, I think that there weren't <laughs> <any> complaints. <laughs> I don't know, but see, even then, I mean, you know, supported I don't know. by like In Excess or the um, fucking Australian Crawl. The, th- the thing is, they never get <laughs> it. They, they never get acts that are. Um, they never get acts that are that are, are big at the time when they're performing. Like Ricky Martin has done has done fuck all for years. Came back to be a judge on the on the Voice, and you know that's got him you know more popularity and you know recognition in Australia. And then he's released something new. And I mean the rest of the world probably doesn't even know about this this new song of his. And it's like good like Good Charlotte for example. 
they've been on the downslide and everything, but they're popular in Australia because those, you know, the Maddens are all over everything, you know? And so they've got like a bit of a tick in it. You know, Australia is a place where they're still popular. They put them on, but, you know, it's well after their peak of popularity, you know, worldwide. So why couldn't you get bon like... Bon Jovi. Yeah. Why, why couldn't, you why know... Couldn't, I mean, Bon Jovi was a natural pay, fit last year. Yeah, they paid all the money. Surely they could have paid a bit extra. And, and, that's, a band, and that's a band that, you know, while they might not be at their peak, there's certain bands that sort of, um, once they reach a certain level... They kind of maintain that level and are always considered like you know a big band like you know like Rolling Stones sure. haven't released a decent album in fucking decades but you know they're still considered like you know one of these massive fucking you know bands Kiss you know guys like that doesn't matter what they're releasing or what they're doing they're always seen as like this live experience and like a great you know live a live act to see why couldn't they get someone of that magnitude because when you look at Super Bowls they you know they'll bring out like you know. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Or they'll have like the Rolling Stones or they'll have like big fucking Beyonce, you know, they'll have someone who's actually like, you know, considered a big touring act at that exact time. Yeah, I I don't get it, Ricky Martin. We don't, we get like fucking Billy Billy Idol and he's like fucking 20 years past it. There's so many lame stories of grand final entertainment over the years Um, and I think it probably speaks to the NRL probably being a little bit insecure and... and, uh, Probably having a bit of a uh, inferiority complex. But how much has Channel Nine got them by the balls too? Yeah, it seems weird that you know, last year we get Maddens. Well, they're in the game. They're in the game. Yeah, I mean Inch, we, we're getting Inch, ones that he said so. can tie exactly back into Channel Nine programming as well. So, and you the think Inch. about and people. Can you think of a time when you know when they got it right? Not once. And you know what, when you think about like, you know, songs, like whether it's been like a grand final day performance or it's been like the song for the season kind of thing, the one that everyone remembers fondly. Tina fucking Turner. Tina Turner, you know, and when, yeah, with, with Jimmy. And that's when he was kind of, you know, he was kind of peaking with his solo career, you know, like on the back of like, you know, the working class man, that sort mm. of thing. Tina Turner was, st- was still, you know, huge at that time as well. And it was two artists that were car- at that time were big. That's real talk, Nathan. That's real, real talk. talk. Exactly. Real talk. Um, Asada have officially locked in all their interviews for the players, for the 30 players that were mentioned. Um, Sharky's as well in there, of course. Um, and so I guess it's going to happen. Finally. We should hurry up. I'm yeah. fucking overhearing about it. Yeah, me too. You know, and if, you know, if players have a case to answer or if there's suspensions and bans to be handed out, then just, just get on with it. I'm sick of listening to it. Yeah. I saw a call in, in the paper to... Uh, to Put it all off and, and do it post season. No, I don't I, agree. I just I, you know I, just do it. It just gives me the shits either way. Just do it and hurry up about it. If they did it post season and they're doling out six months suspensions, that means people would pretty much be back in time for. Mm. <laughs> they'll be back for like by round four, something like that. Anyway, um, that's it for the clock. So moving right along, and the main news, the sad news, Graham Murray. Uh, has passed away age 58. Of course, Murray was a former coach of the Illawarra, Illawarra Steelers, Hunter Mariners for a season there in Super League, Leeds Rhinos, Sydney Roosters, and North Queensland Cowboys. Suffered a heart attack earlier this month and uh, never recovered. So uh, his life support was turned off um, on, I believe it was Monday, I think, when it happened. And uh, Leeds Rhinos Chief Executive Gary Hetherington's quote was, It's devastating news and so sad to have lost Graham, who we fondly remember by all our fans, players and staff who knew him from his time with us. He was very popular and so professional in everything he did. He was an outstanding coach and mentor, and he cared about all aspects of rugby league. The game's lost a great service, servant and personality, and our thoughts are with Amanda and Cara. Um, 
obviously a lot of tributes. Uh, even Winner Manly CEO, he was uh, he was the coach decide uh, the Seagulls this year, uh, but through poor health he couldn't he couldn't do it. But um, and as he said, yeah, the Seagulls are sad to report the passing of Graham Murray tonight. Family and friends all appreciate that Muzz was one of the great men of rugby league. We ask for privacy for his family during this difficult time. Um, and so, yeah, as I said, yeah, he was he was due to coach Wyndham and also the Gillaroos at the World's Cup where they actually, they won, but he had to stand down due to the ill health. Um, and of course, he coached New South Wales in 2006-2007 Origin Series and Roosters to the 2000 Grand Final and Cowboys to the 2005 NRL Grand Final. Also, Illawarra's most successful coach and he steered the Hunter Mariners, who weren't a very good side, but he steered them to the final of Super League's World Club Challenge in 1997. Got to say, he's a guy that was quite a very, very capable coach. Obviously, as you just spoke about some of his record. Very underrated, I, th- I and think. And I thought he was really made a fucking horrible scapegoat. He took the Cowboys to the grand final and was punted. He took the Roosters, Roosters to the grand final and was punted. Punted like the next year. Mm. And, I, and I think that, you know, I, I don't want to go, I don't want to throw the blame word around or like fault, but coaching's a tough gig. Mm. And when you're such a fucking good bloke, you know, from all reports, that I didn't know him personally, I mean, when you're, when you're such a good bloke and you're doing a good job, are you getting your side to the fucking goal, which is, you know, getting yeah. into the grand final and having a shot at, the, at glory and then getting punted? Yeah. I just, you just got to wonder, like, fucking stress, man. Yeah, exactly. It obviously takes its toll and, um, you know, sad time for his family and... and Obviously, for, for rugby league in general, he, he was, a, as they say, a great servant to the game and uh, had a really, really great record over the years and, um, you know, toiled very hard in, in what he did and, and obviously, you know, was due to continue coaching this year, if not for his poor health. So, yep. um, obviously, wish his family all the best and, um, yeah, hopefully his legacy will live on and in people that he's coached over, over his time and his... Um, his values and his coaching methods will uh, be carried out by, by those sorts of people. And I'm very pleased to report as well that last night they had a minute silence um, for, for Graham Murray um, before the uh, Tigers and uh, Manly game at Campbelltown. I'm very happy to report there was not a single fucking sound uttered during the minute of silence. It's a West Tigers crowd, mate. They're very respectful people. Well, you, you know what the common denominator is for these people arcing up during minute silences. Queenslanders. Oh, how dare you? Um, oh, oh, no, no, that, that's, that's actually that's real talk. That's, that's, <laughs> that's real talk. Um, look, if it's one thing that, uh, you know, West Tigers crowds of recent times know how to do is uh, be quiet. <laughs> but I want to give the final word on this subject to at Benny27 on Twitter. He said, Dear at God, <laughs> bring G Murray back. In exchange, you can have R. Louie. Hash R.I.P. Mars. Hash fuck off Louis. That is real talk. It is. Uh, Neil Henry has been shown the door. He will leave the North Queensland Cowboys at the end of this season after being tapped on the shoulder before, obviously, his uh, full contract was served out. Um, apparently, his fate was sealed following the Cowboys' 18-16 loss to Brisbane, which ended their very, very slim finals hopes. Um, Kevin Walters 
is looking to be a, a likely potential candidate and uh, he, as an assistant to Craig Bellamy at the moment uh, he's already declared his interest in taking a head coaching role on returning to Queensland after this season and um, he got an endorsement from Cameron Smith who said that the uh, 45 year old former 5'8 would suit the struggling Cowboys who have test stars Jonathan Thurston Matt Scott and James Tamau in their ranks he's a Queenslander so there's a great fit there already the test and Queensland skipper said he's got a relationship with a lot of players at North Queensland Cowboys he knows the majority of players up there quite well so I think it would be a good fit but I'm not going to comment on whether he should get the job or not so Henry's been under pressure for most of the season the Cowboys board expected far better results with leading playmaker Thurston among their swag of big names they missed the finals in his first two years in Townsville in 2009-2010 but he steered the club into the playoffs in 2011 and 2012 under Henry the Cowboys have won 52 of 117 games for a 44% success rate um Something had to be done. I yeah. mean, the Cowboys went into this season in particular um, as, you know, well, certainly heavily favoured. Top four favourites, you'd have to yeah, say, for sure. To um, to make some real noise this season, and they just haven't put it together. And they've certainly got a roster that's more than capable of uh, of getting the job done. And the person I feel for is, is Jonathan Thurston. Um, he's obviously paid very well to do what he does up there. And, um, you know, with his representative career, he's... He's um, financially, he's obviously. He made a choice there. Yeah. He's yeah. Made, he's made a choice. Financially, he's um, his choice is, is definitely justified. But you know, when all is said and done, if all he's got is a a premiership ring in probably his, you know really his rookie year coming off the bench for the Bulldogs, which, which he, he gave he away anyway. You have to fly um, over New Zealand and get that back. I think. You know, his this is his the peak of his career. And yep. this is his last real. Um, I dare say, even coming to coming, you know, probably his last down from contract. The peak of it, yeah. And, and you know, he's going to play out the tail end of his career up there. Now they're going to have a new coach. There's going to be a bit of restructuring. They're going to have to learn a new system, new you know, new style. Is that all going to click next season? You know, do the planets yeah. align and and it all comes together for them, or or do they take a year or two and? Um, and Thurston's, you know, another two years developed, um, or two years into his last contract, and what happens? It's, you know, they can only, you know, as we've seen with Matt Bowen, the Cowboys are, uh, you know, about to call time on his career yep. um, with the club, and he deserved better than the record that he has there, too, given his service and his ability, um, and there's certainly no excuse for uh, for the, the results this season for the Cowboys, they've uh, they've had a roster that's the envy of a lot of teams in the NRL, and they haven't been able to put it together. And and you know, with Neil Henry, would probably be the first to admit that um, he couldn't put the results on the board, and and they probably persisted with him longer than some other clubs would have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, and this is the danger of you know these five year contracts and four year contracts that they'd get dole mm. out to people. You know, you rarely hear of a contract of that length ending well. You know, like when I mean, you have guys like um, Wayne Bennett who had tremendously long, long time at the Broncos, but you never ever heard of contract talk with him until uh-huh. he was decided he wasn't going to stay. Yeah, you know, like um, so when these ones when they speculate and they have a coach who has a reasonable year and looks like they're on the up and they go, okay, five years. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's ridiculous, and for players as well. I mean, it's ridiculous for players as well. Um, but also in the mix for the Cowboys, Paul Green. 
he's the current Roosters under 20s coach, uh, contracted uh, to the Roosters till the end of next year. But if he looks to uh, launch his career as a head coach in the NRL, they're unlikely to stand in his way. So uh, his quote was, I'm not sure on the process, but I'm certainly interested. I've had no formal discussions with the Cowboys, but I'm interested in being a head coach in the NRL. My wife is from up there, so it'd be a good fit. The Cowboys have a good roster. Now the club has made a decision. I'll see what the next step is. Surprised Matt Parrish hasn't been thrown into the ring. Yeah. He's yeah. uh he's itching for a first grade spot yeah. too, so he had his he had his chance to be a to be a decorated assistant coach and then he uh <laughs> then he moved from Manly. <laughs> oh. That's not real talk. That's a real surreal talk. And speaking of real talk, at Nismo Raiders. So dear Neil Henry, on behalf of all Canberra Raiders fans, I'd like to offer you our sincerest ha 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 suck shit. <laughs> so there it is. And uh, speaking of people, uh, you know, well, this is not shown the door. This is actually taking the door himself. The uh, the chief executive of the Cronulla Sharks, Bruno Cullen, has resigned in protest after the club reinstated four sack staff without consulting him. Just three days after Chairman Damien Keogh told Fairfax Media the four blokes will not be reinstated, the club has overturned the previous board's decision. Trainer Mark Noakes, Dr. Dave Givney, football manager Darren Mooney and the physiotherapist Conrad Schultz were sacked for allegedly not informing the previous board about potential issues with the club's supplements program. Now the board has offered them a public apology. Noakes has been rehired as expected back next week. While talks continue about potential return for Mooney, the latter could get his previous job back if football general manager Steve Noyce shifts into the CEO spot. So um, Cullen, Cullen wasn't con- consulted at all and... Um, and he Obviously said, uh, held in high regard. Yeah, so, and they also, the CEO guy, the chief operating officer, COO, Guy Wallace, and the club's lawyer, Darren Kane, were also left out of the loop. They said, I did resign this morning and I'll finish tomorrow. I can't comment on the decision because I don't know why they made it. My firm advice to them was to leave it until the ASADA investigation was over. They made a statement today about good corporate governance, but the governance on this decision is terrible. They excluded all of the senior management. So uh, some of the SAC staff... So who this- made the decision then? Well, it seems like it was... Um, where are we? Let me go up to here. Chairman Damien Keogh, I, I, I presume. Um, and you've got um, Steve Noyce there as well. He's the football general manager. Um, who made the decision? Yeah, I don't know. They're saying that, um, that Schultz and Givney have been offered the chance to reapply for their posts after a settlement was struck between the parties. Because remember, a lot of these guys were having... Um, they'd begun legal proceedings against mm. the club. They've stopped the legal proceedings, though, so there's probably deals going on there as well. Sure. And a statement from the Sharks said, We publicly retract statements made by the club, which may have caused damage to the reputations of Dr. David Givney, Conrad Schultz, Mark Noakes, and Darren Mooney. We further offer a full apology to each of the four staff for any damage done to their reputations for the effect this process has had upon them and their families over the past three months so I'd say someone's got some pretty good advice that they were bent over as far as you know yeah. legal liability is concerned I wonder how that goes you know if they, they get their jobs back there and the people that were responsible for uh, making those comments and that led them to believe that they had a a fairly legitimate case against them for defamation mm-hmm. and if they're still at the club how is that how much of a working relationship is that going to be yeah, yeah. Is that sustainable? But go- going on further on the story, Mark Noakes, who just mentioned, he, um, they basically, uh, a written statement that he provided to the independent investigation earlier this year has been uh, leaked. And um, it came from trainer Mark Noakes. And he, it names uh, two substances, GHRP6 and CJC1295. 
as a, as a substance that Cronulla players were taking over an 11-week period in 2011. It also claims that players were given peptides without the knowledge of former club doctor David Givney. Uh, former strength and conditioning coach Trent Elkin had his own blood tested prior to the program being implemented and a belief that peptides were approved for use in 2011 and then banned the following year. So um, he was the anti-doping officer at the time, and uh, he provided that uh, that statement to Dr. Tricia Cavana, who led the independent investigation on February 13. So um, it's funny when saying things like that and admitting to the, you know the administering of those substances. You know, it makes it a bit. Um, it, the whole thing is such a, you know, again, I, I just wanted to all be come out in the open. Whoever's answerable. And liable needs to take their medicine, and uh, well, pardon the pun, and um, we can all get on with life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I just have grave concerns for the, for the, you know, the health of a working relationship, given the past history between these guys that are reinstated and, and the people that they'll be working for. Yeah, and uh, and and additionally with uh, the sharks, and speaking of past history. Former Cronulla player Isaac Gordon is pursuing legal action against the club, revealing he was told by the Sharks' doctor he might have died as a result of the side effects of the substances he was given. He was at Sharks in 2011 when sports scientist Stephen Dank ran a supplements program, and he's seeking compensation after suffering a mysterious blood-thinning disorder that left him with severe bruising from the ankle to the groin of one leg that was tested for cancer and wants those responsible to be held accountable. The 26-year-old, who also revealed he had met Asada officials in his Gladstone home in April, was informed by then-club doctor David Givney after suffering a cork in the Round 10 game against the Roosters in 2011 that his blood was so thin that if he copped a knock on the head, he would have died on the field. It came on the day trainer Mark Noakes was reinstated with, as we said, these guys you know, able to apply for their job. And um, he said they're all innocent, those guys that had been sacked. Um, however... The uh, lawyers believe the club has done wrong by the players by not encouraging them to seek independent legal advice from the outset. And uh, he also has concerns for the health and welfare of the former Sharks winger, who he believes was treated as a guinea pig. When he queried what he was about to take, he was told, don't worry about it, it's just for your recovery. The fact they said that, in particular the people responsible for providing the supplements, would mean the direction to take those substances was, was intentional by them, and they can be held liable for intentional trespass to the person, if indeed they're found to be illegal. I mean, so, if this was any other player, yep, you, you would you would have a lot of sympathy and uh, and um, be very keen to see how that played out and and obviously that's a key point in this whole mess. You know how much of this sort of toing and froing and players wanting to clear their names and and clubs wanting to distance themselves from decisions made by individuals in the in the administration of, of these sorts of things. Um but Isaac Gordon, um he is the type of person that uh beats his pregnant missus. Mm-hmm. So uh with all due respect. Robert Louis Junior. Yeah, I, I you know, regardless, I I don't have a lot of sympathy for the bloke. I think it's a bit of a cash grab and um I find it uh find it fairly hypocritical that he wants to, you know, sue people. He wants the law to yeah for financial gain, uh to to hold them to a certain moral code. Yeah. That they should have adhered to in his personal opinion. Yeah. Which uh, a code that some would argue that he doesn't reach himself. And Indeed. I find that uh, laced with hypocrisy 
And um, yeah, that's all I have to say on that matter. Okay, so let's move on to our favourite, Jamie Soward. Humiliating defeats and spiteful fans seem to be following Jamie Soward like a bad smell this year. The key plank in Phil Gould's five-year plan at Penrith was on Sunday part of the London Broncos' devastating 70-0 Challenge Cup semi-final loss to the Wigan Warriors. And the Warriors fans let the former Dragon star have it, chanting, Taxi for Soward, as commentators <laughs> bemoaned his lack of involvement. Wigan fans even claimed Soward spat in their direction as the chant rang out at Lee Sports Village. Um, Wouldn't surprise me, he's a grub. Yeah, the, the London Broncos signed Soward on a short-term deal so they could mount a Challenge Cup charge, but were left feeling some of the same frustration Dragons fans know only too well. Uh, Soward has signed a four-year deal with Penrith, but Gould's faith in the former Blues origin player is set to be tested if Sunday's performance is anything to go by. Uh, he was a little more than a speed bump as the Warriors ran in 12 tries. To make matters worse, Soward had made clear the priority in his English stint was to impress in the knockout Challenge Cup competition rather than the Super League, and the quote was... You don't have to be doing really well in the league, but you can have a good year if you do something in the Challenge Cup. <laughs> this is what he told BBC earlier in the month. How do you, how how would you be being one of the teams that didn't make it to the semis? Yeah. If one of the teams that did gets pumped seventy nil. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a chasm between the top four and well, top three, obviously. Yeah. If the fourth best team in the finals gets pumped seventy blot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fucking what what happens to the teams well below them on the ladder? Yeah. Must be getting may as well play at fucking Lords. Tony Ray the, scores the, every week. The London coach said, This is my biggest disappointment as a coach. <laughs> I didn't expect it to happen like that and we have to find some pride from somewhere because we're talking about the scoreline or the fact Thursday. that he has to coach Jamie Sowett. Yeah. Being the biggest dis- disappointment as a coach. It's also I, uh, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh well I spoke about when he signed, I don't know what he had to gain by um by going over there. He's only doing harm to his reputation, which was already pre- fairly ordinary in yep. Australia. Yep. Um, to everyone not named Gus Gould, they thought that uh, he was a bit of a waste of space and a bit of a waste of money. And uh, the only place that he's ever likely to succeed again uh, is at Newcastle or uh, anywhere where Wayne Bennett might be coaching and taking him under his wing and making him feel special. Much yep. like he does Darius Boyd. Um, it's not going to happen at Penrith. I don't know that Gus is, is the same type of uh, figure that uh, Wayne Bennett is, and, and I mean that in no disrespect to Gus. I think he's a great rugby league um, advocate and, and it has a great rugby league mind, but um, whether he's the same nurturing father figure to Jamie Soward that Wayne Bennett was remains to be seen, and I think um, Gus will probably be the type of person that would feel the pressure of, uh, of results. Of the requirement for results, and yep. based on that and, and his previous form with St George, I don't know that Jamie Soward is going to deliver too much to the Dragons and, uh, sorry, to the to the Panthers. Uh, much the same as he was this season before, he's falling out with the Dragons, and um, I, I just think the the Penrith Panthers have currently have better players playing first grade for him then are going to make way for Jamie Soward next season if you can't dominate if you can't dominate over there in England what hope do you have if if you can't get motivated to to carve up a a second rate competition and instead you you're allowing your team to get thumped 70 blot then um, your future in the NRL is fairly bleak yeah 
Speaking of bleak futures in the NRL, John Cartwright will be summoned to face Titans hierarchy as the club seeks urgent solutions to avert the Gold Coast missing the finals for the third consecutive season. Cartwright and his assistants will meet with interim CEO Daryl Kelly on Wednesday, which I guess you, today as you're listening to the show, to discuss a sweeping restructure of the club football operations for 2014. Kelly personally wants Cartwright on deck next season, but concedes the foundation coach's fate may ultimately rest with a newly created Titans board set to be instituted by season's end. Contracted until the end of 2016, Cartwright's future has become increasingly tenuous. Some Gold Coast players are losing faith in his methods, expressing frustration at a perceived lack of feedback from Cartwright. The Titans had been entrenched in the top six, but four heavy losses in a row have seen the coast slump to 11th ahead of Sunday's must-win clash against West Tigers at Skill Park. Kelly wants answers from Cartwright, who heads up Gold Coast Football Committee. We're undertaking a review of the football department, and John is a part of that, as are the other people in the football department, said Kelly, who outlaid $3.25 million last year for a 31.8% stake in the Titans. Obviously, we're not happy with where we're sitting. It's just above the Cowboys and Broncos, which is not what anyone's aim is. We have aspirations to make the eight, and we still think we can, but it's becoming a harder road for us. <laughs> But sacking Cartwright would be an expensive exercise. His deal is worth an estimated three hundred and fifty grand annually, meaning the Titans must deal with a one million dollar payout if they decide to axe him. He has the lowest winning percentage of any NRL coach to complete a full season since the start of twenty eleven, winning just twenty four of his past sixty six games for a thirty six point four percent success rate. But Kelly's keen for him to coach the Titans in twenty fourteen, regardless of whether the club misses the finals for a third straight year. The coach is not under review. We're looking at ways to improve the performance right through the club, including the under twenties and our junior development program. John Cartwright has my full support. He's an integral part of our club. He's got the full support of the board, eh? Sounds like it. Be gone in a month. Yep. Um, Yeah, John Cartwright's obviously had some successful times there at the Titans um, on and off, but Again, five-year deals. You just wonder. Um, notorious in the NBA for um, people signing long-term big-dollar contracts yep. uh, for mailing in their performances for large portions of that contract. And uh, John Cartwright's uh, lost the ability to get the best out of his players. Um, they've had some lean times in amongst a couple of successful seasons. And um, I... I think at this stage, based on some of their recent performances, um, they're probably not playing completely like they've quit on their coach, but uh, there's some, there's definitely a, a lack of cohesion between what the team's doing out on the field and, and obviously what the game plan is because it's whatever they're doing out there is not working and uh, that the buck stops with the coach on those sorts of things and um, it's only natural that uh, whether it's media-driven or whether there's any smoke... Oh, sorry, any fact to it... Um, you know, the fact that they're looking for another coach and, again, the, the merry-go-round will start. Kevin Walters will be linked with that job and Neil mm-hmm. Henry and mm-hmm. and um, every man and his dog. I don't know who's going to do a better job than Cardi, but maybe they've just come to a time, you know, they're not, uh, you know, the days of, of coaches being at clubs for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, much like Wayne Bennett was at, at the, the Broncos, those days are gone. Yep. And um, it's too much pressure, there's too much money involved, and it's it's far too, um, what have you done for me lately <laughs> in the NRL? And um, lately, Cartwright's delivered some fairly poor performances for his team and uh, by without his players' efforts on the field, and, and he probably needs to be the fall guy. I just want to finish with a quote from Kelly. He said, the players I've spoken to respect Cardi, but know this team should be top four. Yeah, I don't know about top four, but uh, there's a lot it's of meth the being used got... down there amongst that playing group. 
you must admit that uh, it's good for for any professional athlete to have that level of confidence but uh, they're certainly not delivering on on any of the potential I don't know that they have the roster based on where they're at at the moment and, and based on the players that they have at their disposal I don't think they're a top four side by any stretch of the imagination so yep and um, finally Sonny Bill Williams has taken an early plea on a grade three careless high tackle on Willie Mason and will miss two games through suspension. He was put on report after making contact with the head of his former teammate, uh, the Bulldogs, in the 15th minute of Sunday's clash against the Knights at Hunter Stadium. He'll miss Friday night's clash against the Panthers and round 22 match against the Raiders and will return against the West Tigers in round 23. Ah, awesome. Willie Tonga, dangerous throw, and uh, Shandor Earl, careless high tackle, have both taken an early plea and will not miss a game. Um... Sonny Bill. I wonder if he's going to watch those couple of games from the sideline, shirtless. And will we get his thoughts? That was short-lived, wasn't it? It was. Thank fuck. When you think back to it, geez, they fucking went over the top at the start of the season. But they are still. Everything he does, and it's very much uh, in the in the Benji mould and the Jared Hayne mould, yeah. the JT mould. There's a few players. Inglis is another one. Um, you know, all good players in their own right. No, No disrespect to any of them, but... Fucking Channel Nine latch onto it and and just never yeah. shut up. You know it's it's very frustrating. Jared Hayne and Benji Marshall can touch the ball um, fairly innocuously, and then four tackles later, try get scored. The, their team will score a try and they'll hark back to a play. Um, you know where God forbid uh, Jared Hayne passed the ball. Yeah. Or you know half beat one defender. Was you can put that down to Jared Hayne? No, you can't. You can't do that. Settle down. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and Sonny, Bull, Sonny Bills gets the same treatment. So um, it, it was evident again on the weekend. And, you know, to, for, as far as Roosters going to go, I guess the, the media will have to drop back to Mitchell Pearce for their filating. <laughs> Recaps, and we kick off Friday night football. The Brisbane Broncos, 18, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 16, up there at 1300 Teeth Stadium in front of a reasonable crowd of uh, just over 17,500 punters. Broncos, 18 points, came from tries to Ben Hunt, Corey Oates and Justin Hodges. Scott Prince, three of three conversions. And the Cowboys, their 16, came from tries to Khalifa Fifi Law, Gavin Cooper and Matty Bowen and Thurston missed one conversion that was ultimately the difference two of three I tell you we've already spoken about the Cowboys season being uh, Louis Karma mm-hmm. uh, just the way the Broncos have been going lately the Cowboys at home and the Cowboys had this game in their keeping they were up 16-12 at a point and um, you know this was a point you know from about the 55th minute through to about the 70th minute and during that time there were two or three sets where they had very good attacking opportunities where they were camped 20 metres out and had the opportunity to put on further points and just you know didn't couldn't you know so this game was you know it was it was, it was theirs in the keeping it was theirs to lose exactly and again with their roster and uh, you know and their capability 
and the way the Broncos have been going, they were at home. It was every reason why you, you would believe the Cowboys should have won this game, should have closed it out, but they didn't. Um, Broncos on the back of some pretty impressive um, play from Justin Hodges. Um, you know, he, he has his detractors, but I tell you, they, they did look a little bit better with um, Ben Hunt playing halfback. Yeah, I wonder if that was just kind of like a you know a bounce back factor of you know a fresh you know mm. you know teams get that sort of situation where they kind of a, a change is good for them you know emotionally or whatever and they just sort of lift as well. Exactly, I think regardless of the result, it's a pretty smart move at this stage of the season for the Broncos to really start blooding some of these youngsters and and with the the fact that uh, Peter Wallace and Scott Prince have been asked to uh, look elsewhere or told they they won't be at the club next season. You know, having Hunt there at five eight, uh, sorry, at at half back. Um, I'm not sure who's going to play five eight next year though. If Prince is not there, or, yeah. Um, to be decided. Interesting makeup. Geez, they'll be a young side if they bring another youngster into five eight. Um, well, there has been talk of Josh McCrone signing for them. It'll be a young side and a very shit side. <laughs> um, no, I think they they showed enough. Again, um, it's a culture thing for the Broncos, and you know. Certainly not at the rate that they have been coming through in in the in the previous history of the club, but you know there is still talent coming through there, and and young Oates had a really good game, and um, and you know he's another one, another outside back. They've seen to have an abundance of outside back backs yeah. and back roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what they really need is a couple of really good meter eaters in the front row, and and I, I'm. I don't and think some Ben it's going to be the the guy, and and off the back of that, they need someone that's going to be a little bit more creative than um, than Peter Wallace and and Scott Prince, and whether Ben Hunt is that guy remains to be seen. But they were certainly good enough to get away with this game. Okay, uh, lots of tweets from Friday Night Football. You you guys were all at home watching footy, that's for sure. Uh, Freak '09 said, uh, "I've been saying it for 15 minutes. This Oates kid is a great player." And um, and then he's gone Ash, not Brad. Yeah, <laughs> which is a bit of an in- inside joke for us. Exactly. Um, Earthboy seventy five said, uh, "Dally M, fake cramp of the year goes to Sam Thiday, faking cramp to cover a knock on it to play the ball." He Ash cramp nation. He got away with it. And in this day and age, the amount of times people get pinged for knock ons when they're not really knock ons, mm. you'd very rarely see ones that are like pretty obvious, like, and like yeah, uh, get slipped through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Blue underscore Beaver. There goes Manly's footy finals fodder. Time to start planning Mad Monday in Townsville. Farm animals should be worried. <laughs> Cruzy 06. One grand final game down, 10 to go. Hash, the new team of destiny. Hash, Hodjo for PM. Um, sometimes I don't... It's really awkward. I don't know what to say. Yep. John Ard, yep. you know, he's obviously overdosed on the hollandaise sauce at Hog's Breath or... <laughs> inhaled too many curly fries or whatever he's done but <laughs> you know I've I've been known to um to doll out the real talk about the Tigers and he's he's obviously trying to tap into that yeah but you know have a look at our position on the ladder and you'll see that the West Tigers are poised for premiership glory John Ard and uh your side is far from that my friend and this Hodge why it's, someone like enjoys the deeds of football player on the field what makes that person qualified to run, you know, to run the economy and, you know, develop policies for the betterment of the country? I wouldn't want Justin Hodges to be the Prime Minister. I wouldn't want Justin Hodges calculating how much money I'd have to put into a vending machine to get a Mars bar, let alone fucking running the economy. Exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, Frico and I came in with a serious tweet. Great win, Bronx. A big fuck you to all those naysayers who thought the Broncos couldn't win and tipped Cowboys. Hash, my tipping in decline. <laughs> Mad dog underscore no space. And then the prophecy read that a new team would rise from the ashes to become dot, 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 the team of destiny. Well done, Broncos. They're really latching onto this team of destiny shit, these Broncos fans. They, they do love it, but... Uh, they get excited when they win a game. Against a shit team. Yeah, exactly. It's like in almost exactly the same position on the ladder. Michael Darren, 79. Queenslanders ruining other Queenslanders' dreams. It's a win for New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Arpopsh. Losing to the Broncos again. The only thing that will save this season is if Souths get assholed out of the finals in week two. Hash hoping. It's likely. And uh, Mr. Wars, who has changed his name to Hash Justin Hodges for PM. Loves it. Best moment is when Hodges gets angry at the team, then literally says, fuck all of you, I'll win this myself, and then does. Hash awesome. He does have a bit of a man crush on Justin Hodges. I mean. Yeah. And Annie O'Brien says, I swear to fucking God, this season is karma for signing Louis and then a hashtags galore. Hash Cowboys in crisis. Hash NRL. Hash Maddie's too old. Just look at his bald spot. <laughs> he really does have an impressive Devon head. Yeah, he does. He does. And um, it's been a bit quiet. Uh, you know, I mean, look, it, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the fact that it was all coming to a head, but now it's kind of gone a bit quiet again. I presume that he won't be around next year, though. No. Okay, moving on to the other Friday night game in the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. 40 to feed the Parramatta Eels 12 out there at uh, ANZ. 23,341 people in attendance. And Doggies points came from tries to Sam Perrett, Josh Reynolds, Ben Barber, Josh Morris, James Graham, Dale Finucane, and Michael Ennis. Hodkinson was six from seven conversions. And the Eels tries to Ben Roberts and semi Redra Dra 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 and Mulaney was two from two conversions. Is it even worth talking about Parramatta's losses these days? This They're one so frequent and so horrible. This one to be I you know, I don't want to be com- I don't want to be complimentary to Parramatta and I don't want to sound like these idiots that fucking are, are optimistic about Parramatta's. It's fucking you know, forty nil, Nathan. Yeah. Forty fucking nil. What the situation was I mean, really this game came down to an absolutely atrocious first twenty minutes, and import and, and even more so. Like it was was it the first sort of ten. Well, there's three tries in the first ten minutes. It was yeah, well, they they scored a try. Parra kicked out on the full. They scored another try. And then yeah. Parra gave away a penalty, and they scored another try. Yeah. So at that point, it was eighteen nil down, and so you look at it after that point, and it's a fairly run of the mill kind of a, you know <laughs> kind of scoreline, and the Eels, you know, they. Uh, I'm not going to say go so far as they tried. They, they were there. They were kind of like on the field. And they, <laughs> and, they, and they kind of went through the motions and they came out after half time. And um, and I think really they, they, they got a tremendous moral victory over the doggies by um, Ben Roberts scoring a try looking like a genius. One day they looked like a genius. He had another fairly ordinary game. Not surprisingly. Um, I think it's pretty tough to gauge exactly where the dogs are truly at. Talent-wise, um, at the moment, it's certainly compared to last year. They do seem to have dropped a peg or two. Um, but, um, you know, in games like this, when you, they're really up against the, the cast of the walking dead, it's, um, you know, they can only play what's in front of them. And uh, they certainly put them to the sword. It was 40-0 um, before they, they, 
might have put the queue in the rack a little bit and Parra got a couple of late tries instead of one uh, as well as run right on full time so um, you know pretty impressive effort for the Bulldogs um, and I, I think in recent weeks we'll get a, a far better idea as to where they really are at um, you know in comparison to some of the better teams in the comp yeah now a lot of tweets on this one too Michael Darren 79 if it really was rivalry round Parramatta would be up against the bye. CA <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Photo 10. They say you can only beat what's in front of you. The Bulldogs have beaten melted butter, wet tissues and reserve graders. <laughs> and then he went on to say again, uh, T-Rex looking solid tonight. Surely there's no greater measure on how bad Parramatta are than that last statement. Shunter 86. You know who I really feel for? The Tigers. They had one hand on the Hyper Bowl. Then these pricks from Paris snatched it away. The uh, NZ Warrior Forum. How bad is it for Parra when their only try comes from a Canterbury reject Ben Roberts? And we've got Hammers. Parramatta doing their best Cogger impersonation. Hash, not even 30%. Hash, doing it for the Westies. Jesus, how Thoughts? dare you bring Trevor Cogger into it? <laughs> I know. GT351 underscore Johns. Great to get another big win, even with a player short for 70 minutes. Disappointed we let them score, though. Go Bulldogs. And it probably is worth talking about the fact that, you know, Barber suffered an injury and uh, I'm not sure what the prognosis is, but um, he's certainly out this week. And, um, yeah, there was talk that, you know, could be up to four. Wow. Four, five. So, I don't know. I haven't actually heard how long he's supposed to be out, but um, I, he's out this week, though. Um, where are we? Freako 9 again said, uh, the NRL should consider relegating the Parrot Eels to the English Super League comp. Hash hopeless, hash spooners, hash tigers in decline. And they'd still beat London 70 nil. <laughs> exactly. At Sammy Boy 1986. Oh, what it must be like being a Parramatta fan. Any market for a poor para t shirt? No. Nah. No, I can't afford them. At Chapo the Creator. Ricky Stewart has done something that no one in history has ever done before, and that is completely crush a team's spirit. Hash real talk. And finally, on that game, Ash, real time. Rob Moore V1 said, um, I know people in the UK are against splitting the ESL into two, but look at the NRL. They have two leagues, first class NRL and Para and the Tigers. Oh, I just had to do it. Just had to do <laughs> now, it. That's some real talk. <laughs> Moving along, and we have the Canberra Raiders 22 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 18. And uh, Raiders... Well, the crowd just over 12,000, I should say. And the Canberra Raiders, their 22 came from tries to Joel Edwards, Reese Robinson, Sean Berrigan, Anthony Milford. Conversions from Croker, three from four. Illawarra and St. George Illawarra Dragons, their 18 came from tries to Jack Stockwell, Bronson Harrison, Brett Morris, and 100% three from three coming off the boot of Chase Stanley. I enjoyed this game. It was some quality play, pretty enthusiastic and decent size uh, crowd. What's becoming a pretty solid rivalry between these two clubs? Um, did you see the um, the meme floating around saying if you can't beat them, buy them or sign them or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, and there's like a picture of four yeah. camera players, yeah. Um, which I thought was pretty clever and accurate. Um, but this is what footy was all about. Good rivalry, the crowd was into it, um, both teams were trying, and... Um, Ended up being a pretty impressive win for the Raiders, um, who, who must have been fairly impressed to, with themselves to get the win over Dugan. 
Um, there was a lot of publicity about Dugan moving on from the Raiders and, you know, eventually joining the Dragons. And he's been in pr- pretty much red-hot form, but um, the Raiders had the last laugh over him, which was pretty satisfying for them, I would have thought. Um, and the fact that he got completely down Lockyer. He really Beald. did. Yeah. He really did. Um, he was in the wars. He's always in the wars. Um, and yeah, probably at times feigning injury a little bit. But um, No, he'd probably be out for four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're, uh, your perception of him, it's, it's not doing anything to dispel your uh, perception of the man, that's for sure. Young Milford for the Raiders. Looking forward to next season. He could really be, you know, a Ben Barber-like sort of breakout talent next year. He's given everyone a glimpse and shown shown people a little bit of what he's capable of, but um, he seems to have to check all the boxes, that's for sure. He could be playing with Ben Barber if all, if all the rumours aligned. Well, that is very true. Um, <laughs> I said he, he could be the, that sort of breakout player, especially if he signs with the Broncos. Um, I think, you know, if he does play well then and does happen to sign with the Broncos... Just with the the Broncos' higher media profile, it'll generate a bloody lot of hype um, around yep. him, rather than you know the Raiders who get very little free to air time. So um, interesting to see which way he goes, whether he stays at the Raiders or moves on to the Broncos. There is some uh, strong mail saying he was going to the Broncos, but then today equally uh, looked like he was going to stay with the Raiders. So keep a close eye on that one. Is he any relation to the Milfords that played for the Tigers? Absolutely Asa, no idea. Asa Milford and Laloa, I think it was Laloa Milford. I d- I, Played for like Balmain in the 2000. No idea. Hmm. I'd guess not. Just but yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he'd be their son, but <laughs> they would have been busy. Oh, because the other ones were husband and wife to play for Balmain. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we move on, please. Oh, can I go on to the tweets? Sure. At Stiflers underscore Mum underscore Nine. Can someone please tell Ben Crater just fuck off? He is now just embarrassing himself <laughs> at make me a sandwich. Remember the time the Dragons beat the Raiders? Neither do I. At Devonhead. God, I hate the Raiders. At Solzy. Why would he hate the Raiders? Because he, they haven't, they haven't, he hasn't beaten them in his lifetime, pretty much. <laughs> um, at Solzy. Even the Raiders' terrible away record isn't enough to stop our domination over the Dragons. It doesn't get much better. Beating the Dragons and a side order of Dugan getting flying need pedestal. Uh, at big underscore redness. Top win raids. Good to see my mate Terry Campisi getting back to his great form. Loved giving it to the Ferals on the hill. And Terry Terry Campisi actually replied to him. Yeah. They had a bit of a conversation. Interesting that, um, you know, he's out there calling other people Ferals. Yeah, yeah. He's got a pair of pants full of red pubes how dare you look you know there's not much you can say about about uh about big redness i mean like he basically looks like keefe galloway to the extent that you know like 10 10 beers down <laughs> we thought he was <laughs> keith galloway on 2011 grand final day when we bumped into him but he loves us recounting that story too oh constantly he didn't, he didn't look real happy about it on the day no we well, he was standing <laughs> next to a complete fuckhead i wouldn't have been real happy either next the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 32, pumped 
the Titans at home. Um, reported crowd of 20,392 down there at Skilled. And the Rabbitohs, 32, came from a double to Sam Burgess. Uh, George Burgess got a try and a double to Luke Keary. Uh, conversions, Adam Reynolds got four from four. Dylan Walker had one shot and he was successful. Reynolds also added a penalty goal to his total. And Titans got it to Gordon one time and uh, that was it. No conversions. That Keary kid could play. Yeah. Someone will snap him up real quick. Didn't do a great deal, but I'll tell you what, he had some classy touches. A um, couple of tries, and, I mean, as far as his general play goes, was, you know, um, outside of two tries that he scored, but that one play in particular, he made that run, showed the confidence to, to step around the fullback and go himself. Uh, very, very impressive, um, and, a, and a nice show of confidence for a young kid in his first game. South's... Disappointing result for them last week, and they've they bounced back nicely in this game and got a chance to tune up their attack heading into the finals against the Titans side that didn't have a great deal of answers for anything that South threw at them over the course of the, after, of the, of the game. So, And um, I just think South, they've got a, such a mix of power, athleticism and finesse, and that's, that's one thing, but... When you throw Reynolds into the mix, controlling everything at their best, South, they're going to take some stopping, I think. Um, and I think their biggest um, detriment could well be that the hype and the and the pressure that their fans are going to put on them. And injury. Well, injury. I think Reynolds goes down again. If anything happens to Reynolds, like Reynolds yeah. Yeah, if, if, if Reynolds goes down again. It'll be worse because yeah. last year was bad enough, but yeah. they, they rely on him a whole lot more this season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the Titans are cursed um, having too many plays in their ranks um, who've got the skills to be first graders, but they've got so many howling fucking errors in their game. Jordan Rankin is one. Oh. Like he was where's highly skills, touted where's, as, where's a, as a young there, guy. Though, I mean, but he, he was highly touted as a young guy and he's he come was, through. But now he seems slow. Yeah. You know, uncreative. Uncoordinated. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, when you throw people like Steve Michaels and Mark Minicello and people like that in a mix. Yeah, Mark Minicello. I mean, like, he had to fight his way back from Resi's anyway this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, all the skills in the world, but fuck, a bit of consistency in some of these epic howlers. Um, and it costs them, costs them field position um, and, and, you know, it just builds pressure on a team that's not adept to handling the pressure away from home um, or at home, as it was this case. So, um, and the thing is, one of the complaints about Cartwright was that there are players that know they can feel that their form has slid, but they're not getting feedback on exactly what's happened and you know what what they need to do to improve it. And that's a um, you know one of the one of the issues I think that they're going to have yeah. to address when they have their little chat. That's right, and. You know, if that comes from the players, then how does that look for the coach? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's his job to extract every last piece of ability out of every player that takes a field each week. And, um, you know, there's been plenty of times this season where he hasn't done it for the Titans. And uh, we can understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yep. Now, uh, tweets, CA Photo 10 came straight out of the blocks with two of them. said, the Titans season was like the voice. Everyone thought it was okay at the start, but by halfway we all realised it was shit. And he went on to say, official crowd at Skilled Park, 20,392. Or as I know it, bullshit. It was a bigger crowd, but I mean, once again, inflated by the away fan, you know, mm. you know, quota. 
at Cruzy is zero six. There is a few. There is a few CS fans floating around at the moment. Yeah, the bandwagon's swelling. All right, uh, Cruzy zero six. A lot of Titans fans chucking their rattles out of their cots tonight. No wonder their teams don't last. Hash Fold Coast. And uh, we had uh, It's Matthew, of course, uh, being a Titans fan. I'm also pretty sure I've scored more than the Gold Coast this year. Talk yourself up. It's in zero times. And so it's, un- it's unfortunate that the mate of ours, uh, John, has come down to his, you know, from England. Honeymoon. Staying on the Gold Coast as we speak. He's about to witness. Titans fan. To. Went to his first one. Horrific. Losses and the worst thing is he's a very he's a hardcore Bradford fan as well. So I mean he's got a lot of history with the Burgess brothers and stuff as and well. He's, and, and he's so, English. And he's English and he's come and they've you've come out and, and basically uh, molested his uh, chosen NRL side, the Gold Coast Titans, which I think is just magnificent. Yeah, and uh, he's he's uh, you know finally going to get a win up next weekend when uh, they play the West Tigers, and he'll be there for that game too. I'm very fortunate that a couple of weekends in a row they've set up some Titans games for him. Yes. I, I suspect skilled, he's probably yeah. playing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think he probably has, but I don't think his wife would know that. <laughs> okay, next up. New Zealand Warriors, 30. Defeated Melbourne Storm, 22. Over there at Mount Smart. Crowd of just over 20,000. And the Warriors had two tries to Lamape. Thomas Lulawai, Conrad Hurrell, Kevin Locke also tries. And our conversions, uh, Sean Johnson, 3 or 4. And Lamape had a shot as well. And there's also a penalty goal to Sean Johnson. The Storm tries to Cooper Cronk, Justin O'Neill, Billy Slater, Maurice Blair, and uh, Cameron Smith, 3 from 4 conversions. In this form, the Warriors make you wonder why they aren't consistently challenging um, for the title. They always seem to be making a run. Um, to try and make the eight or, or, or out of contention altogether at this stage of the season and, be, and just being nuisance value. Sounds like another team I know. Um, Parramatta? No. No. Um, I've got no idea who you're talking about. Billy Slater, yet again, made a mistake in a pressure situation. Kiwis are his kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, they like it, it's, sure It's are. not World Cups or anything. It's actually, or, or, you know, it's actually Kiwis, whether it's New Zealand test side or it's, you know, Kiwi club. Got a bit of a concern for Melbourne. They seem to have dropped a peg. Um, I still think, given the, the chasm between the top four sides and the, and the rest of the competition at the moment, they're still good enough to go deep in the finals. I just don't see them winning the comp based on where they're at at the moment. Um, unless they kick another gear, which they're more than capable of doing. Mate, last year they were the same. Like, remember last year they lost yeah. several games in a row. I mean, they still won the con. I mean, they've got the structure. They've got the people who've been there a thousand times before. So I don't worry about them so much. Or, or quite frankly, I never worry about them. I mean, you know. Yeah. But, but I haven't the, written them off. The Warriors just seem to, for large parts of this game, they were, they were well in control. Yeah, but also the first half, the Warriors are up fairly uh, significantly. But... The storm had, you know, just missed out on a try, like you know, first, you know, the last pass and things like that. There was, I mean, the Warriors deserved their lead, but Melbourne could have definitely had, you know, a couple of tries under their belt as well. Which ultimately, when they made their run towards the end of the game, and got, I mean, you know, they got it, you know, made a big they, difference. They got it close. I mean, it would have, you know, it could have been the difference in the game. So I mean, the Warriors were good, but I mean, the scoreline I don't think really reflected the first half either. Fair call. So. <laughs> no one really gave a shit about this game, to be honest. Uh, Devon Head. Thanks, Warriors, for making up for another Fuck Dragons performance. Hash Big 3 in decline. <laughs> Hash Tigers in decline. Fuck off. CA Photo 10. Feel bad for the lady responsible for cleaning all the Bellamy's phlegm and spit off the coach's box window. Wouldn't you what? Yeah, and he's got Hash Human Sprinkler. 
And that's it, so we move on to the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 38, defeat the Penrith Panthers, 10. Uh, at home, 14,120 is the crowd. And the Sharks, they had a double to Michael Gordon, Todd Carney, Ben Pomeroy, and Sosia Fecky got a double. Todd Carney, 100%, 6 from 6 conversions, and a penalty on top of that. Defeating the Panthers, uh, they had a double to James Roberts, one conversion to Luke Walsh, and uh, that's it. I think Michael Gordon played his best game of the year against his former club. Um, Sharks really need more of that given the time that he's missed with injury and um, they really need him fit and firing if they're going to be a force in the eight um, you know we just spoke about the the chasm between uh, the top four and the rest of the competition but I think the Sharks if they can just sort out um, their inability to defend anywhere outside their back rowers in the defensive line is, which is a worrying sign um, if they can just sort that problem out or at least break even with teams, um, you know, attacking them in, in that area, they've got the personnel to really give it a shake. Yeah. You know, certainly through the forwards, high-intensity finals game, um, you know, the forwards laying the platform and, and the forward pack that the Sharks have is is quite mobile. Um, you've got Gallon, Fafita... Wade Graham, um, and especially if Luke Lewis plays in the back row. Um, very, very uh, mobile, able to run teams around, run them ragged through the ruck, and, and I just think um, on their edges they're probably lacking, certainly defensively, um, but also a little bit of attacking prowess if they could get hold of a quality centre. Yep, everything past the halves is pretty ordinary. Yeah. Although, you know, Fecky is obviously, you know, a youngster that's, you know, making some waves. Yeah, I um, just wonder if maybe playing Luke Lewis out there is the answer in the centres. Well, I mean, they did they, certainly they, do it. They did, they, they did do that a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah. Well, so, well that's why they named the side anyway. I'm not sure that um, centre is, is Lewis's best attacking position. He can certainly play there, uh, but defensively, I think he'd really shore things yeah, up. Yeah, but even look at uh, look at Origin. I mean, he was running, you know, he was running very wide lines as well, so... You know, it's not too much of an adjustment. Um, Beer Boy at 182 has come out, and both of our tweets are on the exact same subject, which I'm sure you can guess. But Beer Boy 182 says, Dick Fingers Pomeroy, first try of the year. New this week in league shirt, cunt punt. As in, cunt punt the Pharaoh of fumbles back to New South Wales Cup. <laughs> he, he is dead set the, uh, the Chris Bailey... Yeah, of of the sharks like and T Rex like you know as far like drawing the ire of you know the own fans. Um, ben Dunn forty three said not only did Pom catch the ball a miracle in itself he actually scored a try four points in an official game. I'm shocked. Yeah, well, I just um, I wonder what his how long his future is at the sharks. Well, there's no real no future. I would just, I would suggest the second they find someone half decent, yeah, they can throw him there. He's thing. gone. Um, if they do come across a reasonable quality outside back there, then um, he's they'd got, only need to purchase got to got someone like a, a Steve Michaels level, <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Payru level. Throw oh wow! Yeah, that's that right. is harsh. I'm telling you. Um, okay, Sydney Roosters 28, defeated Newcastle Knights 12 up there in Newcastle, uh, 22,847, good crowd, and the Roosters tries to two dads, Michael Jennings, Sam Mower, Boyd Cordner, and Sonny Bill Williams, Maloney 4 from 5 on the conversions, Knights 2 tries there, Darius Boyd and James McManus, Tyrone Roberts was 1 from 2 conversions, and he snagged a penalty goal. 
Is there a bigger douche in the NRL than Darius Boyd? Of course not. I mean, we've been saying it. For, we've been saying it for a long time. You know, probably when it really came to a head was that interview where he was just like, yeah, know, monosyllabic answers, and you know, being a real disinterested cockhead. But he score. He runs. He scores a great try. Yep. Shows all of his talent and his skill. Yeah. And then I think it was McManus tried to make a, t- a, a tackle to save the try, and they both slid over the line together. Gets up, looks down at him, stares over the top of him, drops the ball in his head. It's like, fuck, well, yeah. What the fuck, mate? There's that bullshit. I don't mind a, a try celebration, but that's just being a cock. Yeah, and he, I mean, but he's just got a look at him. He's just a. Yeah, he's a cock. Know. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you know, for someone that's a glorified fucking lapdog that can't go anywhere without um, the guy that's coached him since he's played first grade. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fuck do you get off dropping the ball on James McManus's head? And when you the hear the is from Scotland. Yeah, I don't think he did it on, you know, dropped it on McManus's head given that as the teammates, but was who the fuck came I don't I don't remember who it was, but I just, all I remember is him being a fucking cockhead dropping the ball. How do I go for calling him McManus? Yeah, because McManus, Probably not McManus, do that. McManus scored the other try, that's why. That's why it just fucked you up in the head. Yeah, you did. And it's late and it's tired. You're tired. That's oh, I'm very tired, yeah. but I'm trying to remember who it was now because I want to give him <laughs> kudos for not getting up and punching him in the fucking <laughs> face like he deserved. <laughs> just, to be. just dick punching you off the yeah. ground. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, you know. Just you shit the, like that annoys me. You hear, the rumors, the yeah, you hear the rumors of what Fluffy's, you know, blowing 30 grand on and stuff, and, you know, you, you, you would have to pay money because, yeah. He's just a fucking dickhead. Um. <laughs> Big story out of this game was obviously Sonny Bill's uh, potential suspension and uh, for his shoulder charge on on Willie Mason, and um, which he ultimately got for two weeks. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, watching this game. Obviously, a bit of history between Sonny Bill and and Mason, and um, he was running a fine line even before that with some of his tackles prior to the one that was put on report. Um, it was it was a fine line whether there was a, a, a grabbing motion to make yep. a tackle because um, it was certainly first uh, and it was legal contact but the first contact was certainly uh, by way of his shoulder and, and then he sort of covered it up with by wrapping his arms around um, the, and then the one that got put on report was a pretty clear cut shoulder charge no um, you know I think he maybe got a bit of the red mist and, and forgot <laughs> basically and remember he was I mean he's yeah, primarily known for I mean Child except charge. except for you. I mean but everyone else for you know the first thing they think of is oh and maybe except from the, 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 the toilet with um Candace Fowles on. Mm. But other than that, shoulder charge merchant. Exactly. That's what his big thing back in the day. So um you know, a, a little bit of inconsistency as far as the judiciary goes with, with him getting a, getting two weeks and some tackles that were fairly innocuous by comparison are, are getting one week. Then you, you get know. guys like Special Agent Fio, so you get like, you know, eight weeks off. Yeah, but six of those <laughs> are because he played for Manly. Um, Manly takes. The Roosters are on a bit of a roll, and um, I think their final spot hinges um, really on how they fare without Sonny Bill, if, you know, for these two weeks, whether they um, can pull it together and, and you know, jag I think they both will, of those. They will, no problems. Um, Sonny Bill's certainly not have, a key piece of their side. He's had, oh, he's, had low, he's had low weeks where they've been fine, you know, Without a, yeah, a great I think the, the deeper we get into the season and certainly into the finals, um, I think he's going to become more critical with his his experience and um, his status within the side. The, the other players certainly look to him when they need a lift. Um, but, yeah, when you look at fucking Jennings and two of us are Sheck and 
Um, Minicello's playing some of his best footy. Maloney's killing it. Um, even Letters. Yeah. Some of his carries yep. as well. Yep. Um, it just all seemed to be clicking and striking form at the right right time, and it's a credit to their rookie coach that uh, he's he's pulling it all together and he's doing a very good job. He'd, he'd be a lock for Coach of the Year, wouldn't he? You'd, you'd think so. I mean, I mean no, but Madge is probably I, I up wanna, there as well. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, true. He's a contender as well, I think. And yeah, let's face it, Tuvi. He sides third in the ladder as well. Look, yeah. I, I don't want to... I don't want to say Mick Potter, but I mean the way he's Mick would be lucky the to way be he steered the Tigers to an undefeated season. I mean it's a, the, it just goes about his business. He's so quiet, so quiet the about way, what um, he does. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean to be coach of the year, you'd have to be employed as a coach, and I mean I think that's probably his biggest concern at this point whether he remains <laughs> employed. Another the important thing to note about this game is that um, the final scoreline was was not really a reflection of the game. I mean, not scored that second try. They came right back into. I think it was like eighteen twelve. Yep, and but the roosters the roosters scored again very quickly after that, and then they put put on another one at the end to really blow it out a bit. Tough to get a read on the Knights. Um, yeah, they just seem like they should be a lot better than what they are, and they yep. they played some footy in this game that were, were really stuck it to the Roosters. Um, their forwards stood up. Mason led by example and um, made some good good meters out wide. Um, your mate Joey Leilua. Yep. With his, you know, his, his dastardly cousin, BJ, no doubt watching from the sidelines. Um, well, as he texts naked pictures of his ex around. Yeah, whilst he's supporting his cousin Joey, yeah. his relative. Yeah. Um, you know, he he was making ground out wide. Um, as was McManus. Boyd was had some really good runs, including, you know, the, his uh, his try scoring run, which is about eighty meters. <laughs> And even Uate looks like he's approaching some of his best form. And the Knights just seem like they should be a lot better than what they are, but they just just can't find that consistency that you would normally associate with a, a Bennett coach side. Yep. Okay, Um. one tweet on this game <laughs> from memory. Uh, Solzy. I'm wondering if it was really worth the effort to take a giant red, white, and blue flag to a Roosters versus Knights game. <laughs> <laughs> does seem like a waste of time. Yeah. Now uh, we move on to... The final instalment of the year of Manly Night Football. And thank God for that, although it has been a reasonably happy hunting ground, especially of late. But it's also the final instalment of uh, our teams playing each other this yes. season. And uh, I'm very pleased to say that Manly swept the series 2-0 with an aggregate 56 points to 18 <laughs> over the course of the two games. And this time it was... So actually, no, it was... 64 points to 18, my mistake. And the mighty Manly Seagulls, 36, defeated the West Tigers, 18, uh, in front of a crowd of just over 11,000 out there at Campbelltown. So good to see uh, 10,000 Manly fans went out there. Way <laughs> and we actually had um, a tweet sent through from Chapo through the week. He bought his tickets. He lives in Campbelltown, so he went to the game, although he didn't have a personal stake in it. Uh, just there to support Seagulls, like to see winning sides in action. And um, he actually showed the packs number on his ticket. And this was probably three days before the game. I think it was Friday he sent it through. There was like 750 tickets sold at that point. So there was a bit of walk-up traffic, you could say. And I guess, you know, season tickets and stuff like that. Um, Jesus. Anyway, the uh, mighty, mighty Manly Seagulls got double to Justin Horro. Double to Jamie Lyon. Steve Matai and Daly Cherry Evans also scored tries. Jamie Lyon, five from six conversions and a penalty goal. The Tigers, tries to David Nofaluma, Robbie Farah. Tim Simona and Benji 
remarkable statistics of three from three conversions, of which two of them were sideline conversions. I'd like to add as well. Good as you come to expect. Um, too many errors from the Tigers in a game they really needed to be perfect in, and and now they find themselves in a position where they're seriously under threat of killing their undefeated season. Um, they just. Uh, couldn't quite get the job done. They made a bit of a, a run towards the uh, towards the back end of the game on the back of a, a you know typical warrior-like performance from Robbie Farah in his 200th game for the club. And um, Liam Fulton was also one of our best in his 150th. And um, but the big story, the big story, Nathan was uh, the young kids, Noffa, try of the century, Tim Simona. Scored a great try himself to uh, to bring the Tigers back into the game. And uh, Manly fans, sphincters shrunk to decimal point size um, ever so slightly. But uh, then it was the class of, of Braith and Astor which ultimately led Manly to victory. Well, the, the, the two things that led Manly to victory, I mean, we had uh, Daly Cherry Evans with the magnificent dummy and just fucking strolled right through after unselfishly when he had the chance to stroll over earlier for a try, he unselfishly threw at the Jamie Lyon who was in traffic and made him bash his way over the line to score a try. Um, I think the Tigers were a lot closer in this game than what the scoreline indicated. There was two tries scored directly from, from Tigers' errors, which was, you know, the Tigers have won games against Manly like that in recent seasons. Um, yeah, but also the West, Tigers, well. the West Tigers had six or seven sets on the line at one point too, so let's just say they'll cancel out <laughs> for no result, six or seven sets on the line, I should say. Just want to give a wrap to Jamie Lyon as well. Um, the ball was slung out wide by the Tigers. Um, typically, a Benji Marshall effort, um, you know, pinpoint accurate to the foot of Tim Simona, which was clearly a planned move. Who tried to chip it ahead um, off on the full? Yes, straight in the arms of Jamie Lyon, who then ran 96.5 metres, give or take. Um, around the back of Benji Marshall, throwing dummies and stepping and jinking and weaving and generally being a nuisance. Um, it reminded me an effort of an effort that uh, he produced for Parramatta back in 2001, which is probably one of the best seasons of his career. Um, as a fucking relative rookie, he yeah. was... Um, and... I guess compared, you made the analogy before where he doesn't look like he's actually travelling that fast, whereas back in those days, you could tell that he had blistering pace, but mm. fucking Benji couldn't get near him. Yeah. Ran alongside him yeah. for a little while, yeah. maybe having a chat. And then he stepped saying, inside, stepped gonna inside. Gonna inside soon, Jamie, well, I'm going to retire soon, maybe catch up for a coffee, maybe go hunting together. Um, you know? Yeah. Jamie, anything, what do you got for me? You want to go pigging up wee war? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I suppose. What are you doing next year? You mean oh, that's right, nothing. Yeah, no, not not a great deal. Uh, probably playing rugby union, kicking field. Made, it, was, it was one of those ones where he's running, and you're just like, these cunts are surely going to fucking run him down within the next three meters. Yeah, and then it just kept three meters more, three meters more. And you're like, fuck me, he stepped inside, and they and all then they Benji, all fell for it. Benji gave him the chase at the back end there too, which I was yeah. a little bit disappointed. If anyone was going to try and put in, I would have thought it might have been him, but uh, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. He's given and, up um, on the team. Sorry? He's given up on them completely. Look, Lots I don't want to say that. I think, um, you know, much like the fan base, I think Benji and the Tigers are still dialed in on that premiership victory that we are destined for. Um, but, uh, look, we're going to have to perform a little bit better. And Manly, I mean, I'd say they were probably 45% at this, in this game, <laughs> I'd say. And, uh, you know, it was still good enough to get an easy win. Um, 
But yeah, you know, they'll improve. They're, they're, they're obviously building for something. Um, Justin Horro, like, you know, talk about tries, the best tries of the year. I mean, tries from kicks aren't really eligible. Oh, fuck off. Because, you know, it's a, it's a bit fucking cheap. Justin Horro. However, when you get a situation where Justin Horro playing out in the centres because um, Matai was being rested for his, uh, you know, he's, he was actually in the in the dressing room just getting some uh, extra rounds in on the pads for his uh, rematch against Allgood ne- you know, next week. But um, Justin Horro collects the ball about a metre from the sideline, a couple of metres out, does the whole winger, sails through the air, gets taken over the sideline, reaches around the pole and places it down right in the corner before taking, before, you know, any part of it. I mean, that was a, a sensational... Not try was probably the try of the century, as I said. Um, but <laughs> Justin Horro's try was probably like, it was, it was an excellent winger's try. The reason why it becomes the greatest happened. try ever is because it's a fucking forward that did it. <laughs> And if if there's any uh, the, the cruel irony of Parramatta's season, in that they're going as appalling as they've ever done in the history of their club, and a guy that they deemed unworthy mm-hmm. to be playing and taking part in what is becoming a fucking horrific season, um, is currently carving it up for me. And I, you know what? And and now you mention it, I think Justin Oro, he's. The amount of the combination he struck up with Foran, the tries he's scoring off the little kicks. He's from certainly Foran. one of the buys of the season. He's not the revelation. If not, if not a revelation, he's, I think I, I think he may, he's gonna he's gonna make at least the first cut, the first you know the the first list. He's definitely contender for revelation. Steve Matai's try was fucking sensational as well. I mean, just incredible. The speed turning Benny Benji inside out and jinking and weaving and making something from nothing and nothing from something. I mean, all all the tries, you know, it was sensational. It was a it was an entertaining game because I mean, apart from the the Farrah try, which is you know fairly standard, you know, Farrah sort of you know barge over sort of situation that he does in club games and couldn't manage to do an Origin to win a series for his side. Um, other than that, you know, all the tries were good. I mean, you know, the North try was spectacular. I mean, Simone's try was decent. Um, all the manly tries, wonderful tries. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was an entertaining game, and uh, even more so because Manly won, and uh, that win puts them into third position. Uh, the purple cheats are in decline, and have dropped back to fourth because their four and against is terrible. And uh, you know they're still that break top four still hold that break over the uh, the next guys, and um, it's going to be hard to see any of those teams. I think you know bridge that gap, mm. but uh, at the moment Storm seem to be most likely to uh, drop if any. But you know when you look at the next wave of teams, and you know you got like Knights fucking up and down, dogs up and down without Barber now, you know, that gap may actually increase, you know, depending on how the, you know, the way things fall. Um, Twitter. Do you know when I hear anyone say decline now, mm. it, it just makes me cringe. Um, we've had a new guy start at work and his surname is Klein. Okay. And one of the boys at work said today, is your, uh, you know, is your middle name initial D? Yeah. Was that actually in reference to Tigers in Decline? No, it's completely <laughs> random. And then, then all day it was kept like everyone was calling him Decline, and um, I was just cringing. And that's the story of how you got cancer in one. Yeah, <laughs> in one day. And, and they couldn't understand why I hate the word so much. I couldn't, and I couldn't explain it to them. It was just because oh. then they just keep on it. Exactly. And just keep needling you. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, first tweet. The Ben Zed, who I should mention, actually, he's revealed himself last week or the week before. He's come straight in, picked out another tweeter, Chapo, and said, hey, tell Chapo this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I just passed the message on to him. 
and boom, full-scale Twitter war on Friday night or Thursday night or whatever it was. It was. It was magnificent. And other people were roped into it. It was just, it was just on. He just, it's just like the new guy in prison. He just walked up. He just found the biggest guy he could. Bam, smacked him out just to try and you know assert himself. So what a uh, surprise! He was associated prison with Chapo. Yeah, and the Ben Z. Perhaps Ramondas should become Hash Tigers in Decline main sponsor too, given their on-field product is a pile of garbage. No arguments. That's a clean. quality tweet. The Ben Z again said, we need to hack the video ref and add hashtags in decline instead of no try message. <laughs> I wish someone had the ability to do that. You would get free everything that we ever produce from this point on to the end of time if you could do Imagine it. Imagine that. At Fish DMC. Marshall couldn't stop Matai if he lost both his arms and had to carry the ball in his mouth. <laughs> Ash steamroll that pretender on a blood buzz. Benchy should be made to wear a different jersey so kids don't mistake him for a rugby league player like mm. fuck off Tom and his microphone. That's harsh. Blue underscore beaver. Benchy's piss poor execution and general lack of giving a fuck is bordering on contemptuous to Tigers and footy fans. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> on a blood buzz again says, uh, it's good to see Woods taking his origin form back to club football. Wait, he's not playing you say? I stand by my point. Oh, fucking hell. Berkeley underscore. I love Eagle. it when the Tigers lose and we get all these quality tweets from all these skillful geniuses <laughs> slash retards. Berkeley underscore Eagle. Well, that's it for the hash. Tigers declined for 2013. Asterisk. There's still time. Tiger underscore Benji. Yeah, yeah, talk it up, Manly. Your go-to man tonight, Braith and Asta, won't be around to help you come finals time. <laughs> Uh, at Kerim Karan, Tigers, the team of destiny. Destined to provide a path to third for the Eagles. Destined to be hash Tigers in decline. Hash, where's my shirt? Updating the shirts later on the show. At CA Photo 10. On the upside for hash Tigers in decline, Blake Ashford now doesn't have to make the choice between the grand final and the birth of his baby. <laughs> and uh, at Baby BNC. Is it just me, or was the greatest try of all time, in quotes, a knock on. Hash undefeated premiers asterisk. Hash greatest try ever asterisk. Hash tigers in decline. And yeah, there was a there was a suggestion that he kind of rolled it across the ground before he actually oh, put the pressure on it. it a but, um, given, but given that um, I think the on-field referee probably went try, did he? I think. I can't remember I can't what remember. happened. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't enough to, to get it done, but uh, very happy. Is this the first time since the show's been on that, um, that Manly have swept the season? First season. Surely not. First season. So we 2009, won you won the first game, and then I got the rematch game, which is the face painting incident. So 2010, no, sorry, my mistake, 2010. So 2011 season. I did. Oh, we might have got both in that game. Or did we? I can't remember. No, because you got the. I had to buy the membership, so you would have got one of them. So yes. and then and then I would have got one, and then so that brings us up to 2012. Merely certainly won. Maybe I reckon we're splitting them every season. Yeah, fucking hell. Except for this season. season when it is a sweep to Manly. Yeah, yeah. I've been touched up. Real talk. Previews for round 21 of the 2013 Telstra Premiership season. And we kick off on a Friday night with the Newcastle Knights taking on the Brisbane Broncos. Broncos in the same situation the Tig Pies were last week in that 
they need to win every game to give themselves a bit of a chance. And uh, this time, as up and down as the nights are, the up times tend to be at Hunter. True. Wayne Bennett's record against teams that he's coached previously um, isn't real flash either. But I think given the home ground advantage, uh, I think the Knights probably going to be more than good enough to get to get over the top of the Broncos. Um, ben Hunt's a halfback again. Um, Josh Hoffman, we didn't mention he did really well in fullback. I mean, like, well, ben, no yeah, what surprise. do you know? They, they throw him back there and look at him go. The yeah. carries from, you know, kick returns and stuff. It's um, a thousand times better than they have been. It's no surprise that, you know, the, the their best fullback is going quite well at fullback. Mm. Um, the fact that he went fucking spectacularly well as a winger as well just shows yeah. the quality of the man. But yeah. uh, um, his rightful position is fullback and um, and that's where he should stay. For the remainder of the season, I think in this game, I, I just can't see the Knights... Um, I can't see the Broncos troubling the Knights. Oh, you know, maybe they might trouble them for a bit, but I expect the Knights to get the win overall. Alex Glenn is out for the, the Broncos and I think he's going to be out for uh, some time, which is a bit of a blow. What happened to him? Finger, something like that. Mm. He's my lock for first try score bets every week. Yeah? How often does that come off for you? Never. Well, not Actually, for, once. Not for Loom is a pretty good, he's, a pretty he's good bet. He's safe Yeah, I mean, he's, he's fairly safe too, but... um. But yeah, I think I think the Knights will win this game. Um, you know, I don't think they'll, they'll especially flog the Broncos. I think the Broncos have still got you know too much to play for at this stage. I mean, if they, you know, I fear what will happen to them for the rest of the season if they if they get that mathematical possibility you yeah. know, wiped off for them. Yeah, much like the Tigers. Um, and also we have on Friday night the Penrith Panthers taking on the Sydney Roosters out there at Centibet. So we're going to see a crowd of under ten thousand there for sure. <laughs> and um, I fear for the Panthers. I mean, the young kids got together, they banded together, they put on a little bit of a run. They were looking okay. They were even looking maybe possibly, maybe possibly finals bound. That's kind of blown up a little bit now. And they've had a lot of injuries. You probably back the Roosters to to win by about twenty four points in this game. Yeah, I I think the Roosters. Um, are still going to have enough defence to stop anything that the Panthers might want to put together. Um, and, you know, last week they didn't look great anyway. And, you know, if Cronulla Sharks are going to put 38 points on the side, yeah, you would have to assume that that means that the Roosters could put 60 on them, you know, without some and major, major adjustments. Yeah. Not all that long ago. Okay, next. The New Zealand Warriors take on the Sharks at Mount Smart Stadium. Big game, this one. Um, with the Warriors, obviously... You know, want to capitalise on that win against the Storm, prove they're legit. Because let's face it, Rocks and Diamonds—they should just change their name to the Rocks and Diamonds because <laughs> every single season is characterised by these up and down performances. Uh, World beat is one one week, Spoon is the next, and like you know, they're still not even the, the wins and the runs they've had this season haven't outweighed the shit times they've had, and they're still no, like only contenders for the finals. I mean, they got to put a push on to get into the finals. I think the Sharkies will give a good account of themselves. I think the Warriors just being at home might give them the edge. Uh, I think this will be a pretty tough game, fought through the forwards, um, but just the the Warriors um, being at home might just get that slight ascendancy in the forwards, and then um, they've more than got the back line to uh, to trouble the Sharks and put some points on them. So, um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Warriors. I'm going to tip the Warriors as well, um, because they've got more attack than the Sharks, and yes, the Sharks put 38 points on last week, but I still don't see them as a consistent... <sighs> side that can mm. pile on the points because it's just... Paul Gallen has been named too, but... 
Yeah, well, you know, this, Michael Gordon has been too, like he was named for the last 10 weeks. Exactly. You know, I don't expect Gallon to play this game. Um, very surprised if he plays this game, but, you know, stranger things have happened, I guess. Anyway, I think, yeah, the Warriors... One to twelve, I'd say it's not going to be a massive, sure. a massive. Yeah, I think it'll be a reasonably tight game, but I think the Warriors um, will just score the points when it matters. Parramatta Eels take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, at Parramatta Stadium, Saturday afternoon slash evening. Well, let's look at the Manly side. Same as ever, they're finally getting some consistency in there. There must be some concern over somebody, given the fact that nineteenth man. Peter Hiku has been named. Um, and Hassan, he's in 18. He was a late withdrawal um, and swapped for David Gower uh, in the last game on Monday night. And I actually should have mentioned a special mention to David Gower, who didn't drop the ball one time from what I can tell. And he usually is uh, hands like, you know, like flippers. So good on you, Gower, for not dropping the ball. Um, now, the Parramatta side. No. Sandow. Sandow named. Ben I'll tell you Roberts, who's a bit, a a bit of a Sandow fan is, is Jackson. Yeah. He fucking rates Chris Sandow. He's like, how come Chris Sandow's not playing? I said, he's been dropped to reserve grade, mate. Why? Because he was playing poorly. Because he's shit, son. He's a good player. I said, well, he's shown flashes of... of stop, uh, not, stop stop watching old 2010 tapes. Yeah, exactly. With <laughs> He's got this thing now he gets on the NRL Live app. Yep. And he'll just pick random games from the season or the origin yep. or whatever. I come in to the uh, media room the other day. I said, uh, mate, shove over. He's, he's sitting in my spot on the couch. Yep. Shove over, mate. Dad, I'm watching Origin 1. <laughs> Can't you sit over there? <laughs> You've got it on an iPad. How do you pick it up and go and sit out? And Fuck off, kid. Go up to that little fucking jailhouse up in the back corner yeah, of the yard, mate. That's right. Where do you get your attitude from? <laughs> So we got um, I mean the Eagles are going to put sixty uppy, on the Eels, surely. Uppy, uppy, Pufferangi, Perrangi, and Ben Roberts in the halves. I mean that's a that's a recipe for a sixty point loss. This is dead set, one of the most inexperienced slash worst sides I've yeah. seen Parramatta name in a season of. Did I say disgrace. sixty? I mean seventy. Manly, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see several players rested before kickoff yeah. this game. Um, yeah, I expect to see a lot of a lot of time and not bench. replaced. <laughs> and not replaced. <laughs> I expect them to run out with ten players and still win thirteen plus in this yeah. game. Yeah, I just, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to say that I feel I for feel Parramatta, bad. but I don't. I do. I feel bad for Para. Uh, certainly for their fans, they deserve more than the fucking rabble that gets trotted out every week. This is a real danger game for the Seagulls, I think. Um, or not for Seagulls. Did I mean to say Seagulls? I meant, I meant the guy working the scoreboard. He's probably going to have RSI by the end of it after Manly rack up the tries. Um, Daniel Harrison and Darcy Lussick in the starting in the starting lineup, and so they'll be punished for their leaving of the side. Um, and Allgood is he getting a run? Uh, Allgood is in sixteen on the bench, and so as as Matai says, you know. You know, how, four hit ups again. Yeah, four hit ups a game. How you know how how easy it's going to be to find him? Um, yeah, this. I mean, I expect some late changes to this Parramatta side because it just. I just can't believe they're not. Gonna, <laughs> I, I just refuse to believe they're running out with it. And um, the only person I feel sorry for is actually uh, Tim Manor. He deserves better. He deserves better. He's got this Tim Manor. You can, you can see it now. I can see it written on his on his headstone, his grave. He's like. See Nathan Highmarsh. <laughs> That's basically what I was going to say. <laughs> Dudes that are good players, 
very good players, deserve much better, deserve all the premierships, loyal, hardworking guys that put in 100% every game and are just let down by fuckheads around them. That's pretty much, the, that sums it up. And if Manly, the, what I want to see out of this game is I want to see a nil score line for, uh, for the Eels. I want to see Manly start to tune their defence a little bit and keep the Eels out. And um, anything, over, anything over 36 I'll be happy with, but um, I'd love to see him, you know, touch 50. Love it. All right. Will that spell the spell the end for Ricky Stewart? No, I think he's got I think he's got ironclad see out this year, make the changes as hard as they may be and as our uh, and as He'll be know, judged on next season, I guess. Oh he'll be he'll be fucking he'll be judged like a mofo next season, don't worry about that. All right. He'll be judged like Matlock. Only he was a lawyer, not a judge. <laughs> You fucking steered into that slide. Straightened it out. <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Rabbitohs up at 1,300 teeth. South Sydney by how many? Yeah, I think the Cowboys, um, knowing their season's done and dusted, I, I, I don't know they've got a great deal to play for. Um, I think... They coach probably should, gone, they so they've achieved should, that. Yeah, the coaches. Coach is gone. Um, well, so mission accomplished. He's dead there. man walking. It's not even one of those situations where the coach has been replaced and they turn up for the new coach. Um, you know, you would hope that they'd start playing for Matt Bowen, send him out on a bit of a high. Yeah. Um, but too much class for the Rabbitohs. They're on too much of a roll and um, they'll kill them in the forwards and then and Reynolds um, and Sutton will... will pretty much uh, steer the ship and the Rabbitohs will have a comfortable win. And the thing about the Cowboys is, and don't get me wrong, I approve this 100%, but where's Robert Louis? We were told that he's actually playing for, like, you know, the whoever the, the name of the team escapes me, but, you know, the feeder club up there in North Queensland. It's too late for the Cowboys to have come to their senses uh, with the appointment of Louis, and while he's still a part of their club, they deserve everything they get. Yeah, but they talk about him, like, as, you know, as, like, oh, he's he's been sent down to, you know... The uh, the feeder club for um to you know uh, get some form, but I mean he's probably been one of their better players across yeah. the entire entire season. Even though he is an absolutely wife beating cocksucker, who deserves yeah. to be fucking pains me to admit it. But he he probably has been one of the ones that yeah. has has been you know posing a few problems to to opposition to defence. So I wonder what, I wonder you know if there is a story behind that. Yeah, they've come to their sense and gone, my God, this guy's a PR nightmare. We just need to fucking shelve him for a little while. Wait till the heat dies down a bit, then try and slide the back heat in again. He's never going to die down if I've got anything to do with it. Well, if we've got anything to do with I'll it, I'll keep yeah. drumming it up as as long as he's playing the game. South 19 plus. Minimum. Minimum. Canberra Raiders take on the Melbourne Storm. Down there at Canberra Stadium. Storm, not travelling as, as well as they should be. No. Is it? Is it they've lost four of their last five or something like that? Not the greatest record of late. No, um, it is something like Canberra Raiders, good at home, a streak at home. They're still, you know, I still think they're a step below the the, the good teams of the competition. Oh, by far, yeah. But um, and they're very inconsistent. But you know, they've got every opportunity at home. And uh, if they can score early and get on a bit of a roll, I think the Storm might trouble to might struggle to get uh, to to reel them in. They've got uh, certainly got enough pace and talent in the backs to to trouble the storm is whether they can uh, get any sort of forward ascendancy over the top of the storm pack and if, if they do manage to get that then I think Campisi um, 
and obviously Milford with his unpredictable footwork um, and style of play, I think he'll pose plenty of problems to the Stormer. And I'm going to go for the upset here. I think the Raiders might get him. The other thing to look for is perhaps a late inclusion of uh, Fergie Ferg. He played uh, last played week. Reggie's he played and, Reggie's. And was at the first grade game talking to Ferner. Yeah. So he's obviously back on the inn. So how long are they going to keep him in purgatory down there at the Reggie's? I wouldn't surprise me if they slotted him uh, back in the side, you know, yeah. towards Milford the game. Milford goes back to the bench, or, or maybe he comes off the bench. Um, Ferguson comes off the bench, I'd say. Um, or, or shuffle around, throw him yeah. in four, and then Joel Thompson can go somewhere else. Yeah, that would also... I mean, there's a number of... Given that the fact that a number of their players can play multiple positions. Yeah. So fa- fairly uh, good position for them being. But yeah, I'm going to go the Raiders 1-12. to 12. Yeah, oh, look, it wouldn't surprise me if the Storm win this. I mean, that would have hurt, you know, last week in their former of recent times would have hurt. And, uh, you know, Bellamy knows how to get these guys up, you know, for battle. Yeah. So, you know, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if they just came out and won the game by being the consistent Storm that we know and hate. But, uh, you know, Raiders at home, you know, it's been a good hunting ground for them. And, uh, they're not going the best. They're not. They're not the best team in the comp, but they are. You know, they're going. They're going okay. Exactly. It's certainly better than the Storm at the moment. Okay, this is a game that uh, we both should be at. Gold Coast Titans taking on the West Tigers. It's Guild. Well, well, well. You look at the sides on paper. And the West and, Tigers, as you'd uh, expect you, from a team that you'd want to say um, Tigers by Tigers by forty. But yeah, and and so it shall be, Nathan. So it shall be. I think the Tigers will have too much class across the park for the Titans. Um, John, they could, West Tigers could be the latest incarnation of coach killers. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, I imagine the shame would, would probably would kill Cardi if they were to lose this game. I mean, the Titans have lost, is it four games now or five games now by, um, you know, a 30-something point, you know, conceded performance. Um, they've been slowly bringing it back. I think last week's uh, 32 against the Rabbits was the least, and I think it was, what, 38 from Manly the week before, then it was 40-something and 40-something the weeks before that. So, you know, they're getting closer. So does that mean that the Tigers will win this game like 28 nil? I find it interesting that the, the Tigers aren't bringing um, Brooks into first grade um, to sort of blood him. And and sitting sitting Benji out. Saying, look, you're not going to be here anyway. No, fuck I, off. I think they've uh, done the village of their zero th- could be playing in the 13. Benji at, f- at five eight, Brooks at halfback. Give him a bit of time with Benji. You know what? I think why don't they just fuck Benji off and sit him down, or maybe even get him to play Reggie's because they've had their last game at Campbelltown for the season. They've had their last game at Leichhardt for the season. There's your goodbyes, Benji. Who gives a fuck about away games? <laughs> sit down. Make way for the future. Lost both of those games too, might add. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't see anything but a West Tigers victory in this game. By, you know, a fucking landslide, quite frankly. Gee, this is real. the real litmus test for the Titans. If they're serious and want to arrest this slide, there's two. There, there are two benchmark sides that you need to get over the top of, and that is the West Tigers and Parramatta. <laughs> so if they can't get over, you know... I remember at the start of the season, I don't think I called the Titans to be the Spooners, but I had them sort of down a bit. And, you know, I, I was starting to feel a little bit silly when they were, you know, up close to the top four. Now, now they're starting like to get a, Now they're starting to end up about where I thought. So if they lose to you guys, I dare say they'll slide down to exactly where I picked. Um, I'd like to think that the Titans, you know, of the first 10 rounds, 
would win this game handsomely. The Tigers haven't done anything to prove that they deserve to win a match of football. This is a hard game. It's almost... There's only one result. It's the... uh it's the result everyone wants, Nathan. It's the result that uh, would would spell all that is good with the world. And uh, there's, there's no other result but a, a West Tigers crushing victory over the over the Gold Coast Titans. We will see. Okay, and finally, Monday night foot bitch, St George Illawarra Dragons taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. So this will be a good game, I reckon. I'm looking forward to this game. Bit of a leveler there, Ben Barber out. Uh, Doggies didn't do very well at the start of the season, you know, with Barber out. Very and, true. And admittedly, he's never really returned to his form of last year. Interesting um, that Parrott but, goes to fullback to replace Barber when Mitch Brown was um, is quite adept at that position. So um, just because um, you know former clubs of his perhaps you know rotated had a revolving door porous policy in fullback and he you know got a bit of a run there doesn't mean he's fullback. He never let the Tigers down the entire time he was there. Um, I feel like the Bulldogs will probably go into this game as favourites, but I've got a oh, bit of handsome a favourites, you'd think. sneaking suspicion that uh, led by Josh Dugan and Brett Morris. Um, I think the Dragons might just jag a sneaky win in this one. The Dragons have got like three players, and you, know, you mentioned Josh Dugan and Brett Morris. You know, let's add Trent Merrin to that. I mean, he seems to you know grab some sneaky tries and you know usually mm. perform very well at club level. Other than that, they got nothing. Their halves are shit. They are very. Um, Doggies, however, you know, Reynolds and Hodkinson, they're going pretty well. they got Captain Murder in there. You know he's going to kill a motherfucker. Josh Morris, you know, representative player. Uh, Their forwards, I think, match up well, uh, you know, if not, uh, you know, quite superior to the, what the Dragons are trotting out at the moment. Dragons have got some names that look great, but, I mean, you know, their form at the moment, you know, they've definitely declined from what they were. I can't see anything but a bull, uh, Bulldogs win, and, I mean, I hate that. I'd love to see the Dragons win. Don't get me wrong. I'd love it. Yeah. Dragons narrow victory for mine. That is full time for episode 131. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, of course, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. You're doing a great job sharing stuff and uh, and liking stuff and spreading the word. So continue. I mean, we kind of thought, you know, 2000 was the unachievable goal for the end of the season. Killing it. As of about 4.30 this afternoon, 1,967. So we are a mere... 33 likes from hitting the 2,000. And we kind of revised it and said, look, we'll be able to hit this before the finals. Here we are, approaching round 21. We're going to have it by the end of round 21 at this rate. Exactly. Um, tremendous, tremendous effort. So thank you very much. iTunes, we had two new reviews this week. So uh, loved it. Um, and the first one is uh, Twill. Imaginative. Five stars, though. From AAAW Rhino. This week in league sounds like a great place to get some great info for your super coach team, right? No, but I did learn that the Aquabats are the creators of Yo Gabba Gabba, more about Cogger than I care, and that Glenn likes Polynesian blokes. After listening to all the NRL podcasts available, I can verify that this is the most informative slash funny and doesn't sound like they're recording it while touching themselves nude on a sheepskin rug by the fireplace. So, if you have a void to be filled, fill it with the clock and the rest of Twill. Good if you support Manly and the C-word, Cogger. Bad if you support domestic violence. Keep up the good work, lads. 
<laughs> it wasn't actually the Aquabats of the crazy Yo Gabba Gabba. It was the singer, MC Bat Commander. I can't remember what his real name is. But yeah, it's MC Bat Commander and uh, and a childhood friend of his, one of the creators of... Uh, Jesus Christ. Christian Jacobs. Who cares? And Scott Shields, I believe. Hey, I just had to correct the record. And, and look, while we're on the subject of the Aquabats, if you can ever get yourself uh, the Aquabats Super Show... It's the best fucking TV show ever invented. Who the fuck are the Aquabats? They're a ska punk band. Um, been around for many, many years. And right. the lead singer is one of the creators of, of Yo Gabba Gabba. So, right. so he plays... He, he I think he does the vo- some of the voices from some of the characters on the show. But then when they have like a musical guest or whatever on the show, um, like the second episode ever, the musical guest was the Aquabats. And um, occasionally some of the band members will appear in skits. fucking nest by the sound of it. Yeah, well, you know, when you're on a budget and, you know, you're just trying to get a new show up and running, you've got to work with what you've got. And, I mean, they, they call in a lot of friends. I mean, you know, they've got a lot of friends, uh, you know, in other bands and stuff like that. But um, the Aquabat Super Show is actually a show about the band, and they're like superheroes. Each one's got different powers and stuff, and they it's like a cross between Power Rangers crossed with weird shit, crossed with, some, like, you know, something, you know, if, you, if you're high on drugs. And it's just amazing. Sounds like shit. It's, but it, anyway... I bought it for the kids, but um, it's it's fucking amazing. It's the best show ever. Are you still talking about it? Next one. Podcasting for the ages. Five stars. Ben202123. And this one just missed the cutoff for last episode. It says it here that it came in on the 23rd of July. So that was about a week ago. So I must have just missed out. A spectacular orgy of league, laughs, and banter. Informative pod with ample discussion on key issues in the game. Always delivered in a brash yet hilarious manner. Great interaction and fan feedback. And yarns like much like some mates having a few beers. Top stuff, fellas. One of the best all-round podcasts going. As always, hashtags in decline. <laughs> Oh, there it is again. Love it. I fucking love it. Can't wait till next season. I love you guys. Cannot wait until next season. Yeah, I bet you couldn't have waited till this season, last season, when Tigers in Decline was fucking uh, winning the best hashtag of the year. You know, back in 1991, I couldn't wait till the start of that season either. (laughs) The beautiful thing about Rugby League, there's always next season. (laughs) Okay, um, Fantasy. Our, um, Our overall group comp, we have... Sherwood Scorpions on top again. Cerberus, Dane Laurie for PM, El Ducho's Dopers, Toddos, Terrors, Mighty Bulldogs, MC Willie Blocked, Lucky Punks, Greendale Goblins, and Jolly As. So I think, you know, pretty much the top five has been variation of the same five teams pretty much the whole time. So there you go. All right. Tipping. I'll just say in Supercoach, I got my best ever score. I got 1397. It's the first time I cracked 1300. And fuck, I wish I could have cracked 1400, but. With some better selections, I could have got 1,600 points, which I thought would be absolutely something that would be impossible to even, <laughs> like, not even possible to get, but uh, there you go. Tipping. Speaking of motherfuckers hashing decline, wait till you get a load of this. Let's go with that fucking what cat. What the fuck is Robbie Farrer doing in here? We were talking about the previews for the games the minutes ago. Nathan. And tell your fucking cat to shut up too. Oh, it's Ben Cray. Go get your fucking saucer. Stupid cunt. Crying because he misses Jamie Seward. Can't pump that thing, I tell you. Um, tipping. Yeah, so remember the real Jedi. There was a time there where he was leading by um, four points on second place. He had it sewn up. He had it all. But he choked. And then, number one at the moment, Desi's Ducks on 107 points. Williams 277, consistently up towards the top, 107 points. Boxcar Jason... He's been consistently the lower part of the top 10. He's on 107 points tied first two. 
Troy Schroeder, 107, tied for top. Voodoo Rock, 106, in fifth place. Lynn, 105, in sixth place. Animal NZ, 105, in seventh place. Dougie, 104, in eighth place. And on 103 points, in ninth place at the Real Jedi. How spectacular decline, if you will. Absolutely spectacular. And then we've got Bendham like Fooey Fooey on 103, uh, and that wraps up the top 10. Uh, I didn't check where you are, but I'm going to assume you're third last again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would be. Yeah, and I think I'm about 26th or something like that. So I'm 10 points off the top. So, I mean, I might be able to crack top 10, but I think it's you know pretty much over for the, the comp. Okay, and uh, shop, of course. We still have some stock, minor stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash online shop because we're clearing that stuff out. Got some stock. Well, with the Tigers and Decline shirts haven't come in yet, but I have allocated all of the remainder stock outside of the pre-orders onto the site. So if you click on there and you see the sizes, then you're going to see the sizes that are available. And um, if the size isn't there, then obviously that means that size, the, the pre-sold, pre-sold allocation is gone. And um, it would require some some level. We've had inquiries about you know various sizes, and it would require a certain level of demand for us to then go back and do like a second run of Tigers in the client shirts. So um, this is why we stress the pre-order stuff so much because what it did, um, you know, for the um, extremely small and extremely large sizes, you know, gave us the opportunity to actually order what we need plus a little bit extra. And unfortunately, for a lot of those sizes, the little bit extra is gone now. Um, yeah. And an update on the shirt, uh, I uh, received communication from the supplier on, what day was that? Was it Saturday? When I sent you that text? I think it was... I uh, deleted it. I think it was, it was, it was, fr- it was Friday or Saturday, but um, anyway... I'm pretty sure it was Saturday. Yep, he, he, uh, he sent me a picture of um, the first one that came off the production line, and uh, it looked fucking magnificent, and that was obviously a proof for me to have a look at it and go, yep, that looks good. And so I'd say at this stage, they've probably all been done and uh, I will we'll wait for correspondence. I'll probably find out in the morning what the status is, but I'm hoping that they'll be shipped, you know, and I'll hopefully I'll have them by the end of the week. And so, you know, pending time, I may be able to get them out on Friday, but uh, otherwise, you know, probably be Monday mail out. And uh, so hopefully, fingers crossed, not for this weekend, but if you're playing Tigers next weekend, you might be able to uh, get it out there, get amongst it. And, yeah. and Glenn, Glenn looks extremely excited and unimpressed. I fucking hate it. <laughs> so, I guess they, they had a question the other week. Um, I think it was one of the newspapers or maybe it was Fox Sports or, you know, one of these sorts of things on Twitter saying, what is the answer to, you know, why have the, have the, the crowds declined? Now, my opinion was at this time of the season, you know, there's there's between, you know, four four and six sides that can't make the finals and so therefore the interest you know sucked out of those guys and they're naturally going to have a decrease in crowds sure and when one of those sides is the Broncos who traditionally get you know very strong crowds I mean they only usually fill half their stadium but their stadium holds 50 odd so you know they get 25,000 but when they don't go so well they'll have when they're going well they'll have the games where they get 35,000 they'll get games when they get 50,000 but if they're only getting like 20 you know 22 then taking 15,000 off a crowd off a, you know they still get a very good crowd but when you take 15,000 off what they may have got yeah then that overall across the entire NRL figures for that round is quite a significant hit exactly so as someone who follows a team that's out of contention for the year are you less inclined to watch games yeah 
What are you talking about? I had a contention for the year. Mathematically, the West Tigers cannot make the finals anymore. Mathematically? Where I went to school, Nathan, and I went to Campbelltown High, um, <coughs> still a chance to top fucking four. <laughs> By maths, as well, I, was, I was taught it. I, but I don't get where you're coming from there. Um, look, I know there are teams that can't make it, and I do feel sorry for those teams, but... At the end of the day, you know, the, the the glorious glory of the West Tigers storming into the top eight um, and, and you know, shutting up the doubters and, and taking the Rugby League world by storm. It's not a mathematical proposition, Nathan. It's it's fact. It's written. <laughs> by whom? You. By well, me. By cra- in crayon. You know what we didn't, we didn't mention? What? Your fucking disciple. Yes. You're very interesting. Let's finish on a happy note. What for about you, the amount of people that have accused me of doing it myself? Oh, have they? Yeah, I haven't seen that at all. No, no. Um, someone people that know me that aren't on Twitter. Oh, okay. Someone's accused. Like, oh, you did that yourself. You went very up. early on in the piece. Someone, someone said, "Oh, you know, it had to be me." And I'm like, "Well, mate, I don't have fucking enough time to do shit. The shit I need to do in my I life." I barely anyway. tweet from my own account lately. Yeah, it's true. You definitely don't have time. And um. And there's photoshops involved in that as well, and, and you've got no ability on that front. Exactly right. And, quite, I mean, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm possibly one of my biggest fans. If not the biggest. I, I think I'm great. Yeah. But even I don't like me that much. But this guy, it's, like, it's not even like that he likes you. It's that he's devoting his life to being either like you or being you. Yeah. So... And I mean, I'm not going to hate on, on that philosophy. Yeah, because I've like, done oh, that myself. At first it was like, oh, is it a parody account of you? And then you look at it and you go, no. Now, the the problem that, uh, what is it, what is that username? And we will throw it out there on Twitter. Uh, is it like Glenn B underscore wannabe or something? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, so he's basically, the, the problem he's faced, he's been suspended twice for, for being too aggressive on the follows. Which oh. I, I, assume, I assume what he's doing... Aggressive on the follows. Yeah, I assume what he's doing is um is going through our followers or going through our, you know, the ones that tweet us and stuff and um and just going, yeah, follow him, follow him, follow him, follow him, follow him. And I saw the first time, before he got suspended the first time, I saw there was like, you know, he probably had 350 people he was following and only two following back at that point. And, um, and so I figure that Twitter's, sure. probably, Twitter's probably got some algorithm that kicks in and says, like, you know, if someone's following that many people and not getting many followers back, then that makes them a bot, and then they need to get suspended. How, how interesting is it, if I go through, I'm just having a look at his followers. Yeah. And there's the usual, there's a lot of the usual suspects. Yeah. But there's a few people on there that aren't following me, <laughs> but are following, following the dude that is, has set up an account. Are they legit, are they legit people? Are yeah, they yeah, bots yeah. or <laughs> I'm like, the real Glenn's a fuckhead, but this guy, he's all right. Yeah. This guy who's you know, devoting himself to the teachings of Glenn. I mean, <laughs> dubious, dubious fucking teachings, I might add. Damn straight. There you and go. And there's the usual suspects. I'm just going through here going, look at these gronks. Yeah, one of those is the administrator of that. Oh, actually, no. It'd almost be a case of eliminating people. I mean, because that's the most obvious, you know, rookie mistake to make, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Following the account you made. So, yeah. Although, you know, double reverse, you know, psychology. Oh, yeah, why? But, you know, I'm following it. I mean, that's so obvious if it was me, if I followed it. I mean, yeah. Quite frankly, um, 
that's all too much for me to take in. Hey, but you can tell me, tell me privately. I mean, I won't tell Glenn. Tell me if you want to. If you want to review yourself to me privately, I won't mention it on the show. Hey, review yourself to me. I'm I'm not going to hate on you. <laughs> you no, but I'm I mean, my like, disciple. What am I going to do? Yeah, just turn yeah. some water into fucking it ruins, bourbon. It ruins <laughs> it ruins the magic if you know who it is. But I mean, I'd, some I'd fucking love to know who it is. Love. That's what I do. Water into bourbon and shit like that. Tigers into decline. And we'll just finish Rums this, shall we? I think we'll just finish there, shall we? Real talk. Real talk. We just gonna roll some film and we're gonna do it. I'm doing this for the fans that I know around the globe that love real talk. Girl, I wasn't Wait a minute, calm down. I was at a club with who? Get the fuck. Man, you know what? Girl, I'm not about to sit up here and argue with you about who's to blame or call no names. Real talk, see, girl. Only thing I'm trying to establish with you is not who's right or who's wrong, but what's right and what's wrong. Real talk. Just because your friend says she saw me at a club with some other bitches. Sitting in VIP, smoking and drinking and kicking it. Tell me, girl, did she say there were other guys there? Did she say there were other guys there? Were there other guys there? Well, tell me this. How the fuck she knew I was with them other girls then? When the whole club packed, wait a minute, let me finish what I've got to say. I've been with you five years and you listening to your motherfucking girlfriends. I don't know why you fuck with them old jealous, no man having assholes anyway. Real talk, always accusing me of some old bullshit when I'm just trying to have a good time. Robert, you did this, kills, I heard you did that. Don't you think I got enough bullshit on my mind? Real talk, hold up. Didn't I just give you money to go get your hair, toes, and nails done another day? Hmm. Yeah, your ass was smiling then. Real talk. Uh, gave who some damn money? I ain't gave nobody no damn money, girl. Is you tweaking? You see what your problem is? You're always running off at the mouth telling your girls your motherfucking business. When they don't eat with us, they don't sleep with us besides... What they eat don't make a shit Real talk You call my mama's house and what? Girl, my mama ain't got a screen No calls for me Real talk And watch your mouth Fuck me Girl, fuck you I don't give a fuck about what you talking about I'm sick of this bullshit I'm coming home and getting my shit And getting the fuck up out of Dodge You ain't gotta worry about me no more And the next time your ass get horny one of your funky ass friends hell you're probably already doing that shit anyway you gonna burn what bitch i wish you would burn my motherfucking clothes with your trifling ass melting 